0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Balance Exchange. I'm Papa Bear here with
1: Cronus, and this episode we're going to talk about aging because it's terrible. So awesome. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, you can tell our personalities by the answers. It's awesome.
0: It's it was so perfect that we <laughs> <laughs> said that.
1: <laughs> it is, It's both terrible and awesome, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's me, Rasan. I don't know, man. Huge hole in my, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Understanding. My fellow
0: Americans. (laughs) Probably here. As long as your whatever you're doing doesn't hurt anyone else, I don't care. Different perspective of what an interesting topic is than I would assume. This is is, Balanced Exchange.
1: All right. Mm -hmm. um, So we have to do our normal normal thing. Uh, What are we drinking?
0: So starting um, with, I have two Trulies. I'm doing the seltzers. Uh, they picked me up a pack because there's a seltzer set with new flavors. So these are black cherry. I have another one. I have a raspberry lime sitting here, so I'm going to crack that open. Nice. All right.
1: And I'm drinking the Stone Woot Stout, which is an excellent um, stout. This one is a, it's an imperial stout uh, brewed with pecans, wheat, and rye, and one-quarter aged in bourbon barrels. It's 11.5% alcohol. I love this entire series. They've been doing it for a while, and it's a – it's um. What do you call it? Collaboration beer. So Drew Curtis, who I don't know, obviously he's a brewer, but Will Wheaton is one of the mm. other brewers. So he's Wesley Crusher from, uh, yeah. you know, Star Trek. Uh, not Discovery. Generations. And then Greg Koch from uh, Stone.
0: He he also uh, does the audiobook reads for a lot of really great books, uh, yes. including Ready Player One.
1: Yes, and every time I listen to that book, I, he, he has a pretty good voice. So. Yeah, he does a good job readings. Yeah. He's in Big Bang
0: Theory too. So
1: in, I can't watch that show, man. <laughs> 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 it's one of those things. I'm like, you guys aren't that smart.
0: <laughs> no, it's He's okay. it's funny. He
1: he's smart. Um, so he, I perceive him as smart anyway. Yeah. But the rest of the guys, I'm like, I don't
0: know. You said so that one you mentioned pecans in it, and I hadn't even considered that. That sounds like that would be really good in a beer. Like, does that come for, come forward in it a lot, or is it kind of not like it's really subtle?
1: Not right now, because I'm. Uh, so with some stouts. Um you can age them out uh, and this is my this is the last one I'm gonna drink, um kind of fresh. The other I have one more left and I'm gonna age that one. So some beers like the the subtle flavors like pecans and stuff like that, they come in kind of later on as it mellows mm. out. Um but you can taste it a little bit, but it's it's not that much.
0: Okay. Yeah, it seems like that'd be a really good beer combo flavor, so Yeah, yeah.
1: Um and they've been doing this beer for at least five years, probably more than that, and every year I try to get it. And you can get them; you can get them aged too. That's one of the cool things about Stone is that you can get some of their beers already aged for you. Um, hmm. So you, you can enjoy. So they do this thing called Vertical Epic, which is a line of beer they have. in every single year, they like kind of hopscotch like the releases, and they'll have like the like one of them's like I think more than ten years old. So hmm. it's kind of cool. All right, so, so uh, to read. Oh, yeah, I was gonna ask the same thing. All right, um, I am—I just right, got finished reading today, um, "Theft of Swords," and it's the right Ry- Raiera Revelations book one. It's pretty good. Mm. I, I've I've enjoyed it. It's long.
0: So I'm on Hellion. Nice. For things, but but in the time in between too, I also read "Powerful Teaching." So I like finished off Tarot, and I needed to read this for work because I was like. I've heard really good things about some of the strategies in it and how easy they are employing the classroom. And I've already started, like, myself using some of the strategies and coaching, like, my instructors towards – because these are – a lot of these ones, like, strategies in that book are things that have, like, big long-term impact on learning but are also, like, take no time or money or planning to, like, implement. It's literally just taking a couple minutes in the classroom to do things a little differently so that you engage the students – and so I've been trying to, like, get more of those um, – more teachers, more instructors able to use those strategies. And then I started using them myself. So I was like, i got to read this book in between. It's only, like, eight hours, so it was easy to, to crank that out and then start knowing it.
1: Yeah, I listened to – just before this book, uh, it was – hold on. I read The Fire Next Time by James Baldwin, which is a really good book. It's just very short listen. It's, like, maybe – it's less than three hours on. But it's really mm-hmm. good to hear about, you know, like his experience as a black man, kind of back in the day, in um, like the civil rights era. And he has like kind of a unique experience on it. So yeah, it's. I'm gonna probably read more of his books. He's like one of those civil rights people that most people don't know about because he saw what was going on in America and he just he just fucking left. <laughs> he he went to France and he was like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not dealing with that. And he still gives his his experience on like what it was like to to live in America and he still came back to America and wrote books and gave lectures and stuff like that so if you have a chance to like watch some of his debates and stuff like that he's a, he has a pretty pretty sharp mind that is not a well known figure for some reason it's kind of weird well it's probably that
0: that like it's external thing and plus French right Americans have issues now um but but the idea that identified the issue and saw that it was something that wasn't going to be fixed in his lifetime and knew it would be better and probably could have a more have more impact potentially by getting outside of it and being able to then affect it. So it's an interesting perspective on things I'd be interested to read about. Because sometimes that's the best way to solve those problems is move away from it and then affect it from outside.
1: Yeah and it's like yeah, it's, cool. it's really interesting that somebody from like back then he saw like the serious issues of liberalism and like kinda of like the wokeness thing and like how it is not um, not helpful for, um, people of color. Even back then, he was just, like, you're trying to fix these things in your way that aren't helpful to us. Like, you just want to, like, lord over us to, like, fix these things when, like, the, the fixing needs to come from internally. And, like, we have, we have issues, and it's not, some people do it just for, um, kind of, like, social brownie, brownie points, you know? And, and, yeah. That's not the way you should come and you see it more now. But it's it's insane that, you know, he saw it back then and would call it out and it's still a problem.
0: <laughs> I was just thinking I could imagine like the the, the same, same social, media social media atmosphere stuff <laughs> like in newspapers. Yeah, <laughs> like I remember just, just posting, posting their little personals about like, like <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just saw <laughs> it like going You're from the, the same, way same way people look for those crowning points in their and own social media things, things, but instead it would have been Within, within public circles, circles and within, within your groups, but, but never, never really having any actual impact by, you know, saying things but never doing anything about
1: it. Yeah, exactly. Oh. It's, like, one of the reasons why I don't like, um, I don't like the woke movement, per se, and I don't like to consider myself woke at all because I think some people that consider themselves woke, like, they think that they got all the answers, and they're just done. Like, I got all the answers, this is how it's going to be, and, you know, we're good. And it's just, like, I, I am nowhere near being able to solve anything, but I can definitely identify the issues, you know what I mean, and, and see that it, that it's a problem, but I think that some people on, you know, the more liberal side, like, they just think that, oh, this is, like, some easy thing you can solve, we can do with this, and it's like, no, like, these are really complicated issues, and if you think you have all the answers, then that's your first real big mistake. So.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's, like, a lesson that you probably, um, I think everybody kind of starts to learn, if you're Actually interested in learning um, as you get older. Yeah, uh, is that if you ever think you have all the answers, then you definitely are wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever you think it is, you're probably wrong. I actually just had that conversation with uh, with my boss. Like, he's like, "So, what are things we're doing, and what are things we can work on?" We had our first kind of like in brief because he's new, and uh, I was like, "Here's what I'll tell you: is that I can definitely." tell you things I see that are issues and how like some solutions for them, but I'm not going to have all the answers, right? I have recommendations and I think that the best solution is that we bring these together and have everybody work towards that. He's like, yeah, that's definitely the way I'm planning on running these. I just need to start picking up on what you think the problems are, especially with the amount of experience I have. He's like, what do you think are things that we need to work on? And and then let's see if we can find solutions for it. So it, it was good to have him be receptive to that but also just like to, to identify that about myself even to be like look I, I have lots of answers but that doesn't mean they're the right answers I have yeah. ways I think you can handle those that doesn't mean they're the only way and someone else's suggestion could probably even be better and it actually happened in a meeting not too long ago where uh, you know we're talking about solutions for it I had already presented like some stuff I thought about and how we could get at it someone said something I think it was like a staff sergeant too said well we could maybe do this and this I was like Holy crap, that's a way better way to do it. It takes less. We can get it done faster. Like, we could be doing that tomorrow instead of the thing I'm talking about. It takes six months to do. Let's do that instead. <laughs> can, we, can we go with that way? Because that's awesome. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And we all kind of came to a group like, we'll work towards that. And I'll put some effort into that too. Um, I think that
2: we all have to be ready to do that.
1: Well, I think that's, that's real wisdom. But before we get into it, let's we'll take a quick break
2: for the disclaimer. So at this point in watching our videos, you may or may not know that I am an active duty United States Marine. And I've been doing this for 20 plus years, so I know that um, it's really important for me to make sure to get this out there. If it's your first time watching this, please stick around and make sure you understand the disclaimer. If you've watched a whole lot of our episodes so far, feel free to go ahead and jump ahead to the new content. Um, So what I need to talk about today is that I am not authorized and have no way of being approved to speak on behalf of the Marine Corps. So any opinion that I give or any concept that I discuss today is the position and the opinion of just me, myself, just a man who has a bachelor's degree in political science and a master's degree in leadership and organizational management, and has spent my whole life looking at government structures and social contracts and how these things are supposed to work, what the philosophies and things behind them are, and read a lot of books on that kind of stuff. And it's definitely one of my personal and key passions. And so when you hear me maybe give a position or a concept on something that is only my own position. I am not a public affairs officer for the Marine Corps. I am in no way giving what the Marine Corps' official position on anything would be. And honestly, a lot of the topics we're gonna cover here, I'm pretty sure the Marine Corps doesn't have a particular position on. Um, so if you do have any questions about what the Marine Corps' policy on certain things could be, you can definitely research that and find those out um, or leave a comment or send us a message. Uh, if you can get a hold of us somehow, we can maybe be able to answer those questions for you. So with that said, let's get you back to this week's content. All right,
1: we're back. So um, one of the first things, I, I don't want to start off on like some depressing shit. <laughs> All right? so I want to start off.
2: Oh, well, you don't want to.
1: I don't want to. I, I want to start no. off on something that's kind of more uplifting about getting older, and it's sort of what you were just talking about, is, is actually gaining real wisdom um, as you age. And I think it's something that, when you're young you know you have older people that tell you these things and you don't understand i i think that most young people don't have the capacity to understand things because they think that once they you know once they're introduced to some sort of data of any kind that they understand it and they understand like they might possibly understand it but they don't understand the context or like how it can um, how that data can really change on if you apply it to other things in different you know rela- relationships and stuff like that. I mean, I think that's something you, do, you don't really have a chance to really dig into until you see like all these different perspectives through you know, going around the sun a bunch of times. You know yeah. <laughs> So um, like your example that you're given about the you know, staff sergeant, like a, a younger you know one officer or, or even a younger whoever, a younger boss. Would hear a staff sergeant's, you know, suggestion be like, no, nah, I got all the answers, you know, because they lack wisdom. They they lack the fact that, that you know there are things that we are not going to know, and then we might have not, we might not have the, the connections available to understand everything on that certain subject, and then ego gets in the in the way of, well, my way is the way that's going to be done, and that's the that's the best way it could possibly be, and that's that's where you hit issues.
0: So, the unfortunate reality too, is that age does not necessarily equal wisdom either no, right so no. it it takes it takes someone putting effort forth in in taking the time throughout that time to actually apply their experience, consider what it is they're doing, um, do a little bit of metacognition, like using a big science brain word there, right um, actually think about how you got to where you have these concepts, like why do I think this way. And, most people don't spend time thinking about that and honestly talking about you know something we talk about all the time if you're in a scarcity of mindset you don't have time to think about this kind of stuff yeah. you're focused on survival and these these needs and not why you might think a certain way or or how you even actually feel about a subject you're not not worried about that stuff so these deep philosophical concepts can't always be applied by everyone so yeah age does not immediately equal wisdom um, I'm actually at a part in Hellion right now where that potentially is the case, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a great
0: book. <laughs> um, but but then to to make that point too, then these characters prove that it's possible to be young and still have wisdom, especially in specific areas where that person has more experience with that exact scenario than the other person does, even though they're older. So maybe they don't understand what that is or they think that they do and or think that they they know that that person's so young, so they couldn't possibly have experience with it, and then they just immediately discount it. Like you said, some other officers might have just not listened because ah, uh, they're they're inexperienced. I just don't even have to listen to you. But that perspective, that one experience they had, let them have the opportunity to say this is a better way to maybe do what we're talking about that I didn't have. So why would I not listen? You know, you just have to be paying attention, and it's hard for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, it, it really is hard because it's it's hard to have like a pliable mind as you age and like being, you know, a lifelong learner, you know, or, you know, autodidact. I use the the fancy word again. Um you did. I, Yeah, I think if you like, you know, if you go through your life like with the same static mindset and don't understand like your own personal flaws, then the whole wisdom thing as you get older, like you you're not getting really wiser or really gaining much wisdom because You know, you're stuck in that mindset. So it kind of works both ways where you can get a lot of people, they they get older and they're still living that, you know, 20 year old mindset Their their body's just getting older, you know, but they're they're not taking advantage of really going through their own personal experiences and understanding like all these things that happen that should you should use all those things together along with new information to really shape your your view on life. Um, and there's a lot of old people that... that I'm, we're not old by any means. Like, we're, you know, quote-unquote middle-aged. Um, but a lot of people that are our age are older. Like, they're, they're still just... They're stuck in that mindset. And I don't think that a lot of them, they, they just can't get out of that because they think that just because they're old that they know everything. Or they know, like, the most that, they can, that can be done, you know, in in a certain... In a certain area, and it's just like that's that, to me that's sad as fuck. Like when I see somebody that's older, that is stuck in their ways, it's like you're missing out on a, on a lot. Like if you're just like, oh, it's the millennials' fault. Like maybe understand like the millennials, you know, like they're what what they're going through right now. Because I think a lot of us they we don't we don't give the younger generation the benefit of the doubt, you know, because yeah, we've been through like crappy times, but we've also had the time to really gain, you know, wealth and knowledge and hopefully wisdom, but they're not there yet. So let them, you know, make their mistakes. They're going to make mistakes we all did.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you have to be careful, remember, cuz I'm a millennial. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, technically I guess yeah, you are. Yeah. Cuz you're, you're <laughs> yeah. a couple years older so, than me. So, yeah.
0: Huh? Yeah. Just just about to turn 40, so 1981, which makes me about as old as a millennial could be. Oh, yeah. Literally as old as a millennial can be. So like by like if someone was a couple months older than me, sure. Like Cindy is a millennial too, and so she's technically she's older than me. But um, I don't think
1: you guys are like. There's an argument to be made that people that were born in the early '80s should not. I I still consider you guys uh, Gen Xers because I'm I'm a Gen Xer. I was born in '79. If 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 you can remember a time before the internet, I don't think you're a millennial. (laughs) So,
2: but uh, I mean.
0: it also, you, that unique perspective of, I think, high school time, right, was when it started becoming available to everyone. And that's a hugely developmental time for, uh, for, for all of us. So the fact that we were in these prime developmental times in our life, right as this huge shift in technology and communications and everything for the Internet comes around, makes us, it's like, our ages, the, the perfect group to... To say we're kind of this this crossover thing, we're really not the Gen X, and we're really not the youngest end of our stuff too. But this this weird middle ground—I don't mind being that. It just it, it is important to say. Like I think maybe that's part of why I am capable of thinking about things differently because we've had to see two very drastically different things in our life, especially at a key key moment. We went from, you know, uh, I. So I was only like six years old or seven years old or something, and we got a Nintendo, right? And it's, yeah. that's huge. That's you can now have a home home game system. You don't have to go to the arcade. And it t- started that shift for everything, being able to become more accessible, more easy, more at home. We don't have to go to do these things. Um, I mean, I still did. We saw arcades growing up. We oh, could yeah. still go to them. And we, I had nickel arcades. I don't know if you guys had those. We
1: did,
0: yeah. Yeah, and it's it just... But, it, but then now you go and look, and, like, finding an arcade is, like, a, a rare thing. You're like, oh, this is super cool. Look at this arcade. And
1: well, I, I that remember, transition. That... Yeah. Well, I remember, like, with arcades specifically, because I used to be a huge gamer. I used to go to tournaments for, for, you know, at arcades, you know, and then, obviously, the internet came around so I could do tournaments online and stuff like that. And seeing, like, the, uh, I remember being young and being, like, going to arcades, it's, like, yeah, I have a Nintendo or a Super Nintendo or an Atari or whatever, but like, there's no way that I could easily get the the, graphical, the the same graphics at home that you could in the arcade. Like, to me, it seemed like it was fucking impossible. Until the Neo Geo, but even then, it was like $600. Back then, it was basically a fucking million dollars. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, but I thought it was going to be impossible. And then all of a sudden, like, slowly, not even slowly, it's probably really quickly, like PC graphics like started eclipsing you know, the arcades. And that that's when you really saw the death of the arcades is like when mm-hmm. PC started peaking the graphical um, abilities and then you saw consoles coming right behind them. It's like, man, that was like a, it was nails in the coffin for the arcade, but I still enjoy going to, arc- going to arcades. I still do.
0: Same. Yeah. Same. I was um, on a work trip to North Carolina and happened to, we were driving to drop someone else off and I caught out of the corner of my eye that, that, you know, the classic look of, you see neon and I was like, what is all that? And I could tell as soon as I looked at it, I was like, that's an arcade. I'm going to go over there and check that out. And like right up front, they had the brand new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles four-player arcade oh, yeah. with the new graphic. I was like, I'm playing the heck out of that game because I remember the old one and it plays just like it. It's just like newer art style, newer graphics, but still the same gameplay. I was like, this is fun. This is, we played that game for like an hour. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so. And it's, it's sad that, you know, kids nowadays, they don't they don't get that... Exp- I mean, they get it and they, obviously they have the online experience, but it's different. Mm-hmm. It's different. It like, um, You know, we have, like, social media, but I think people kind of forget about the actual, like, social experience of, like, actually going... And, like, like today especially, it's, like, really skewed because, you know, COVID's happening, you know, it, if you're social distancing, like, I think me and probably most of my friends are doing, um, unless we're vaccinated, like, we'll hang out a little bit now, but back then like going to an arcade meeting up with your friends and meeting new people like learning the rivals for your you know the, the best guy against like the best guy you know and yep. wa- like literally watching them play like a fighting game together you'd have like a crowd of people all around just to like watch this one event and it was so amazing like and kids will never get that again they will never yep. I mean, you can watch it on TV you, you can go to an e, you know esports uh arena but it was way different when you're in some dingy ass arcade and you're watching these these two people just go at it at a video game, and then put your yep. quarter up to like play next. Like it's just that's gone forever, basically.
0: And I, I thought that was where you were going when you were talking about the the graphics, like once or what you couldn't. you were, when you were feeling playing the games, what you couldn't get with your Nintendo was that that social environment piece yeah. of just being around other people and. Being at the arcade and that waiting in line for the next game, like, hey, I got next, man. I, even running for 15 minutes, I want to I play the next game. Um, I thought that was where you're going, like, you can't, there's no way I could have this social interaction, this great fun with my friends, you know, playing my Nintendo at home. But then, you know, then you get the four player and then you get the, the ability to you know, play it online and, and it does start to change things. I thought that's kind of where you were going with it, but the graphical, graphics capability piece is a big part of it too.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, a social perspective, I think for game, honestly, I've seen the shift in social game, like, just in the social aspect of, like, online gaming, and it's honestly, it's depressing, man. I remember back in the day when I would, when i play, you know, Unreal online, and i will play Quake, and I'd play StarCraft, and all these other things, like, everybody was so respectful online. You might get a one in a hundred of, like, a jerk. One in a hundred. But I would, I I was never called the N-word. (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, in like the, the 90s, early 2000s, not until like the Xbox like 360 era when I started hopping on like playing uh, like Call of Duty and I was just like, man, you guys are like, what is wrong with you? I think that when it came to like the, the, the 90s and early 2000s, is because we remembered what it was like to go to arcades and like you would never say like really rude things to a person at an arcade like that, like and expect to like just get away with it. But when you do it online, like, you remove that that barrier of you might get your ass kicked. You know what I mean? And so that that allowed these, some of these kids to just be so foul, you know, online. And it's just like, man.
0: I, I... So a little off topic, but that's like that 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 um, distance and killing thing we talked about with on killing from Grossman 2 where, like, it gets easier and easier to actually pull the trigger and know that you're killing people if you're further away from you like I don't actually see what it is I'm hitting with this artillery round that's going out there I'm told to shoot it I shoot it at this location whatever happens other end, that's not I'm not doing that that's that thing all the way over there yeah. um it's the it's the team you know the the UAV becomes the easy thing to use because it's not I'm not actually doing it it's way way over there yeah. so it, it's similar to that where these social actions we which we wouldn't do for a couple of reasons right it's just you're taught not to because it's just rude to do that to someone um, but then also like his three friends might be right around the corner and come kick your ass like I'm not doing that though. Yeah. so you don't you don't have that online there's none of that fear because I'm never gonna see this person I may never have to interact with them again and they're not even real there's just some line or some voice on the other end of this thing I don't have to worry about it. I can be I can be a jerk to them so yeah it's you get that some of that's happening in uh, Wake Online, too, where they're like, all the rest of the travelers are all jerks. You know, they think they're like, we're really getting engaged or invested in what's going on with this this online world. They're treating it still like, these aren't even real people. And you guys aren't real people. You're just people in a game. I don't even know who you are, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, you see that now. I mean, like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I, I think that a lot, especially kids that are just, you know, getting into online gaming, like, they don't understand. Like, you're talking to a person. You know what I mean? Like, these are real people. And if, it, but if you've never seen the person, like, why would you even think that they're real? Especially when you're young, you, like, you would never think that they, they. If you've never seen them physically, like, yeah. why would you even think they're real? You know, you don't care about their feelings, you don't care about their family, you don't care about what they went through at school, you don't care about any of that. You know, yeah. it, it. It. But it's, it's lacking empathy. It's like, uh yeah. It's. I think that there's a long way to go. I think that social media. Uh, that whole this whole rise that wraps into the the same issue is like having social media of like saying like whatever you want online and having you know very little repercussions if any and then now when there is any sort of repercussions people are just like oh my rights i'm like no these aren't these aren't rights you're you don't have a right to to be a jerk yeah to be a <laughs> jerk you don't i'm like you don't go go say the same things that you're saying online to a person in real life and then see what happens there's immediate consequences that you have to deal with.
0: <laughs> so despite the fact that we're talking about how social media causes this thing, as you said, that the first thing I thought of was that would be a really interesting channel where we take, take social – like look at social media and see things that people say and go say that to someone in real life. Like yeah. go to a store and do it and record it and see what happens. Yeah. Put that out there. But, hey, this person said this to someone on Facebook. I'm going to go out and I'm going to say it to someone in a store and and I'm going to record what happens and watch it like it literally just be recordings of you getting your ass kicked probably yeah. quite a bit. So maybe you should think about why that's not appropriate and understand that these you aren't know, I guarantee that it would be entertaining to watch.
1: It would, but it's like I think it's like a it's a human interaction disconnection. And I'm yeah. I'm worried for for the future um because of that 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 basic social interaction connection, you know. I, I didn't. When people say, you know, social media is like so bad, it's like, I don't think it's that bad, but at the same time, like, I, I get where they're coming from, but it took yeah. me a while to, like, really realize that. And that comes back to, like, you know, getting wiser. It's like, yeah, I, I get it. Like, if you're a kid and you never had to deal with, like, being, like, super negative against somebody, you know, online, and you never had, like, any real, real repercussions, like, I think that that, that that kid is going to be, you know, degraded you know, in their social interactions and in life, it's, it's going to be a, a degraded person for the rest of their life, more than likely.
0: And I can see it being a place where someone who maybe is bullied or maybe is treated poorly, and that's the experience they have, feels safe, right, by doing it and doing it on this online thing where they don't have to deal with um, actually interacting with people that way. But then they... You know, it's one of those learned behavior is the same behavior that I kind of put out there into the world. Yeah. Without realizing necessarily that they're also still now having this negative impact on other people's lives. And where where in real life they wouldn't go do that because they feel terrible being bullied and being treated a certain way. And would never do that to another person, but then doing it online makes them feel better despite the fact that they're still making someone else feel that way, even though they don't realize that, right? Because they don't have to deal with seeing that person or actually feeling like that's even really a person. So it's like this really weird, dangerous psychological area we're probably moving into where psychiatrists are going to have to develop whole other strategies for understanding this particular aspect of it, too. It's like the differences between our behaviors with real people and with people online and how that could affect people's psyche. That's interesting you brought that up.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're seeing it now, like, uh, I don't know if you're following, like, the, the Olympics, but with Simone Biles, you know, with her um, pulling out of the Olympics, and, like, just, like, the vitriol that I've, I've been reading about people that are so angry with her about pulling out of the Olympics, and they're just so totally trashing the, the most decorated gymnast of all time, and they're just like, oh, well, you know, she's taking up a spot on the team. For I'm just like, are you serious? She's got 27 gold medals. 27. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's time
0: for, time for someone else to go get something with. I mean, but yeah.
1: It's, it's insane, man. I remember seeing
0: something about it, too. It's like between what she's done and then, so I saw most of the people that I have online, again, because um, we kind of choose who we interact with and what we follow, right? Yeah. Um, and Being wiser, we learn to kind of filter people who we don't want to be around or see, or understand and sometimes that creates a bias like we only see the information we want to see but um i've mostly only gotten people who were on the defending it side i guess because all i saw was i saw two where someone was talking about how did this did that did this already a hero kind of thing honestly without even knowing what the context was i was like oh cool i did not even know there was this whole other side to that story which was why they're putting these um defending her position. Memes up there was that there was this negative thing happening. I thought they were just saying maybe. I thought my first instinct when I saw it was like, "Oh man, she didn't meddle or something." Like did an event and didn't do as well as normal. It's like, don't even start on that, dude. You know how awesome she is. But then to find this out, it's like, okay, well that now makes a lot more sense as, as to why they're defending what she's doing. But yeah, it's kind of crazy how we can get that way.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like in. It's just like re- more recently, I've been trying to be like a, a kinder person, you know, and I think that's another thing I want to bring up. So, we'll, you know, we're going to continue on being, you know, positive for a little bit. Positive. Sort of positive. You know, part of that was kind of depressing, but um, is like if if you're in a certain mindset as you get older, you have like an option of like, like I said before, being set in your ways or you can really learn to be a better person. And part of that, at least for me, as I've, you know, aged Is learning how to be a kinder person And I think that it's a very difficult transition Especially with my background Um, You know, I I was a Well, I am a U.S. Marine You know, before that, you know, I was uh, I used to be a bully When I was, like, in junior high, elementary school Then I found, like, all new friends And I decided not to be a bully anymore Because I was like, man, like I got bullied, then I became a bully, and I was just like, what am I doing? You know? Yeah. Learn behavior. Yeah, behavior. Yeah, learn <laughs> behavior. Then I joined the Marine Corps, which is, you know, hyper-masculine, you know? um, And then, like, after that, you know, you, I was living this life where I just, you know, how do I put this in, like, a, a good way, I guess? Or more of a balanced way? I was just thinking that I kind of knew everything that, you know... It was my way or my fucking way, you know, and just being just a, an asshole for really no reason and, and like taking a step back and being like, hey, you know, maybe let's not do that and try to help people and not just be a dick, <laughs> you know, and that that takes some like that takes some time. And it's still like a process that I'm going through, but it's just like if, if I can be kind, if it's an option, then let's at least attempt to take that route to be kind yeah but I think a lot of people they don't even think about being kind they just want to go to like the the most hurtful thing that they can do to somebody if somebody slights them at all or just in general just go to the just hurt them in general it's just like why are you doing this like it's to me it comes down to like insecurities because I from my own personal experience it's it's insecurities mostly and and it's cowardice um, that a lot of people don't want to really recognize of just I want to hurt somebody because it's going to affect them, and you you can basically offload pain to somebody else and not deal with any of the consequences. So
0: yeah, I was so like when you said you said something, and then you kind of did the adjustment that I was going to do too, which was that it, it's not even oh god I lost it I don't remember what it was it happens uh, I'm getting old forgetting stuff yeah uh. I think some people – oh, that's what it was. It was not necessarily like hurting someone just because you have a reason for it. Like, oh, to get back at them or because they slighted you or because of anything. Like people are doing it just to do it. Like, Just because it's it's that learned behavior. Like I don't understand why I'm being a jerk on the internet, but I see other people being a jerk on the internet, so I'm being a jerk on the internet because it's fun. And honestly, like there is, a, there is a like normal endorphin response that goes along with being a jerk to someone and seeing that you've hurt a person. Yeah. It, that res- getting that response, right? There is a natural response in our body that happens. It's not necessarily a good thing. Um, there are reasons it was a good thing once upon a time, but it's not today. And we have to unlearn that behavior and find that you can get much better benefits and feel a hell of a lot better if you do other behaviors that actually produce much better responses. So, like, it's all chemical, right? It's all chemical and biological on some level. And all of those actions and behaviors tie to those things. And with enough experience and enough, like, intentional effort at thinking about it, which is again hard sometimes, you'll find that those positive actions, those those times that you did good things and helped people or were nice to someone when you didn't have to be,
1: produces a hell
0: of a lot better feeling than that little bit of a spike you get from being an asshole. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I, crack this. Yeah, go ahead. It's like I think that what most people don't really seem to, uh, seem to understand. So I'm gonna take. I'll talk about this from my perspective because I'm an atheist. So I don't believe in like an afterlife or gods or whatever. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I think about like uh, immortality, for me, the only way that I can possibly attain immortality is through passing my uh my knowledge and wisdom to my kids and the people that know me that are around me and if and there's no way i'm gonna leave any sort of like real legacy as an asshole like if i'm a kind person and i help people that's a way better route to take i'm sorry you could be an asshole like on on like the hitler level and yeah you got a legacy i guess but that's a pretty terrible legacy right but if you're just like a general asshole Nobody's going to remember you. Nobody's going to show up to your funeral. Nobody's going to remember any cuz you have no positive things that somebody could possibly like absorb and then try to emulate. But if you try to if you're kind and you take the time to really think about things and you pass down traits like that to your kids and those around you, that's a way that you can be, you know, pseudo immortal because those traits can can go way past you being alive. Um, and that took me a while to, like, really kind of figure out.
0: I really like that you used the word legacy, too, because that's one of the the things I, like, I talk about is that's the only thing that you control, right, um, is yourself. It's your yeah. – uh, the, only, the only actions, the only behaviors, the only attitudes, the only things that you can possibly control ever is your own. I can, can't control my children. I can't control my spouse. I can't control my friends right? I can't control anybody. Listen to this. I can control my own actions and those then influence those people's decisions. And what I can control is my own legacy, like what's known about me and what carries on afterwards. And I, and I bet, you know, this is ties it to our topic too, that you think about that more as you get older too. You're like, what am I leaving behind? Right? So, and I think we're not, like you we said, we're not old, but we're at a point where we really need to consider how we go on our trajectory from here so that that legacy is something that we are working towards because it takes time to build those kinds of things and you have to plan ahead for it. It's not something that, you know, tomorrow I'm going to make sure my legacy is taken care of. It's like a thing that takes long, consistent, slow, you know, progress. It's it's building, you know, it's the making of the Grand Canyon. It's not something that happens, you know, in a, in a day. It, it yeah. takes... Long years, long years to make happen. It takes erosion and, um, you know, it takes really working at it.
2: So,
1: yeah, it really does take, uh, it takes time. And this is the, okay, this is the work, this is the reason why I want to have this podcast. I, I, I probably should have said in the beginning of the podcast because that made it kind of, I guess, more important, but whatever, you get it sort of in the middle. Is that I literally never expected to live this long. <laughs> and I'm only 41 years old. Yeah. All right. I never expected to live this long. I, Having kids, I never thought about having kids. Never thought about um, life after the Marine Corps and like a long distance sort of deal. Never thought about getting to this age. Um, And there's a there's a bunch of reasons why, but one of the main probably one of the more important reasons um, that legacy and stuff like that comes up to me right now at like 41 is even though I didn't expect to live this long. My my dad and my uncle, like, they both died at, like, 55. So for me, I'm, like, I'm already, like, near the end. Like, in my mind, even I know it's probably not going to happen, but it's, like, am I going to make it past that, you know? And I had, like, my midlife crisis in my fucking 20s. <laughs> it's just, like, and it was pretty serious. And I'm just, like, now I'm just trying to figure stuff out. Like, I'm doing pretty well, you know? But I just didn't think about these sorts of things. Like, as I was younger, I didn't think about, like... Really um, Understanding like what my kids Might have needed As they're growing up and now that I have an adult You know daughter And a you know four year old um, It's like I have to Literally like change the way that I am raising my you know my four year old Because I've learned a lot from My my 18 year old and I think that's What yeah. a lot of kids don't understand so if you're you know If you're a younger person you listen to this podcast um, Your parents are learning, too, how to be a parent as they're raising you. Oh so, Yeah, so if, if you ever wonder, like, oh, well, why does, you know, my younger sibling get treated better than me? Well, because your parents probably fucking learn. And guess what? They're probably treating you better, too. You know, now, than they were then. Because, you know, very few people actually plan on having kids. If, if your parents had you in their early 20s, you probably were not planned. So that's just a fact. You probably weren't. Or <laughs> yeah.
2: well before you were 20.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's just one of those things.
0: And so, and so just to clarify a couple things too. So better does not mean nicer. No. <laughs> uh, sometimes we learn as parents, we're like, hey, you kind of need to hold them to this standard and be, be a little bit firm at certain points. And sometimes that isn't something you realize until – your child is old enough to go, Why did this change? Why are you now acting this way? Because I clearly screwed this up because you're acting a certain way. So I need to change my behavior in order to hopefully help with yours and help you learn a lesson. We're trying to teach them. But yeah, we definitely understand better now. I think that we're constantly learning. We definitely do things different. We have eight years only. So your gap's bigger than ours. We have eight years between Logan and Addison. And even that is, it's like a lot of it is like having to only children uh, it's just definitely definitely a difference because we grew a lot in that eight years and understood a lot better and by the time she got to a certain age then it was 10 years or 12 years or however many with him we're like okay we need to do this now in order to get ahead of these behaviors we're seeing because that's probably due to these things we did back then so yeah yeah you definitely learn
1: yeah i think that's like something that just i think kids need to know and i think parents need to speak up more about it it's just like hey just as you're learning as you know you're you know growing up with us like we're learning from you too and Same. parents make, make make mistakes like we do so and we and we learn from them and that that's I think that's one of the main reasons why the younger siblings I I I was the youngest out of uh, out of my siblings and I still had a difficult childhood but um it wasn't you know, definitely my my siblings had it worse like mm. certain aspects were definitely Worse. But at the same time, like, I... As a, as a parent, now that obviously I said that, like, we're learning... Like, it's difficult for me now to put a lot of faults on my parents because they had some, like... How do I put it in, like... I'll put it in computer terms. They had kind of shitty code. So if, if, you're, if you're brought up in, like, in the South and you're used to getting your ass kicked by your parents... Then I mean, what are you gonna do?
2: You think like,
0: that's how you raise your kids?
1: Yeah. So I mean, that's what happened with us. So you know, <laughs> me and my brother, um, we tried to, probably my sister too, like breaking the cycle of like doing that. And even then, it's like it's so difficult to parent your ki- to parent kids without using like physical. um What's the best word for this? But well, like basically Me. beating your kids. Like, yeah, just like not physically. i trying to think yeah, of so words.
0: Especially but, yeah. if that was your learned behavior, right? Yeah, so that was yeah. what you knew as how that, how I, that's how I learned it. Yeah. And it worked, you learned it. So that must be a, like the method for doing so. Cause it's same, right? So raised by Southern family, Southern parents who were raised by Southern parents, right? So, yeah. um, So I definitely got that, but I think, I wonder if this is a generational thing for us, right? Because same for Cindy, same for me, both like had it pretty rough as far as physical stuff goes. And for us, instead of like for earlier generations, our parents and probably their parents, it didn't become the cycle. It became that act was enough to make you go, this is is not the way I would want to be treated because I know there's a better way to do this. How did that happen with, with our generation? Like being, being to the point where that method turned into the need to feel like you could break the cycle, It's just interesting. Cause for, for most people, they'll tell you like psychologically, like it becomes that cycle of, I'm just going to do the same thing that happened to me. It makes me wonder, cause I, I've heard it from many of my friends, like who are parents and are our age, like that they felt the same way. and. I, it's now, like, this is enough times that this is the time that was the, the final for me to go. This has got to be a trend for us, like,
1: I our age group. I have a, a theory. I just thought about really? it. I can – so did you grow up um, in a scarcity mindset or an abundance mindset?
2: Number one, scarcity.
1: And everybody that you're thinking of right now that had to deal with, you know, like, physical abuse, like, growing up, like, th- were there scarcity or abundance?
0: Still, mostly scarcity. Some, some had some abundance, but usually, no, mostly scarcity.
1: I think that that might be one of the key factors. Is if you
0: mm-hmm. don't right. have That's the
1: cycles right. of mm-hmm. you know really understanding like how to understand your kids and understand like their their need. No, I'm not saying that like, we we went without needs. Like obviously, our needs were met. Right. Yeah, but if if you can't if you don't have the cycles to really like take a step back you know and be like hey like what does my kid actually need right now and do i need to like you know use physical means to like get them to do what i want them to do because when at least for me i understood like with my youngest well i'm sorry my oldest kid is that yeah like if you like spank them or whatever like you whatever you want them to do like they'll do immediately like so the the consequences there is just like, yeah, like, uh, as a parent, like, they're doing what I want them to do. It's great. But you're not thinking of, like, the long-term effects of what that does to them. And you're also not understanding, like, the like why they're doing what they're doing, like, they act, their actual behavior of what they're yeah. doing. So it's, like, it's way easier to use physical force to force your kids to do what you want them to do rather than talking to them and understanding their needs because you, you, you need the time – and mental resources to do that. And if you don't have it, like, what other methods do you have? Like, do you just let them run the streets? Because that's what some right. parents do, you know?
0: And, and to put credit there now, too, right? So we don't have – I don't have close relationships with my parents very much. I talk to my mom. Um, my dad passed not too long ago. And never – I never really knew him very well. So, but, like, to put some credit in their court then – I know what was being done between my mom and like my grandparents was they didn't have the cycles like we talked about. They were working to make sure that we were all provided for. But that work on their part, leaving them with no cycles to, to, to spend time on the discipline uh, in a, a positive way, right, bought us the cycles to think about how would I want to be treated if I was dealing with the same problem, right? Because I'm now not dealing with scarcity. I'm not having to go to work or whatever. I'm not having to do those things. I had enough time to think through those, which they maybe didn't at that time, which led us towards this point. Weird chain of events thing I was thinking through is, is there should be some credit there for them to where they gave us enough leeway to say, you know, same thing, even where we are is for me, one of my goals is to make sure that my kids can go like a step further. Right. So go, beyond, you know, made it okay to, like, be very successful. Um, So uh, there's some level of credit that needs to be there for her to say, you know, again, not the way I want to do it, but you gave me the space to say this is how I want to do it, right, to think even through this enough to get to that point where I can say I'm not doing the same thing and I'm going to think my way through a better way to do this.
1: Yeah. And I think that's I, I like that. Like that we can take the time and like really think about things and but what at the same time like people that are you know in our same age group like I see them talking about like this this new generation is so soft but it's just like I mean, yes and no. Um first of all, I don't I don't necessarily think that every generation needs to be hard as fuck. Like I don't. Like I I think the point of you know, really advancing a society is to stop needing to be hard as fuck. You know? Like, we, should, we shouldn't feel the need to just keep being so aggressive towards people as time goes on. You know, we should be kinder to people. But I think that we have this weird mindset, especially in America, where it's just like, no, we need to be, you know, the best, and, like, just... I'm like, really? I mean, it's, it's not helping us. Like, we're seeing the effects of it right now. We have the highest suicide rates, like, probably in the world in America right now. We have mass shootings all the time. We have people that are fucking crazy depressed. And we just keep pushing this, this mindset of, like, we're, you know, being so hard on things. It's like, I don't think that's, that's advancing our society, like, at all. And, and you can't call the, the younger generation weak when you raise them, you know? <laughs> you raised them.
0: That's where I thought you were going to go at first. I love that you kind of went a different way and you got me at the end. Yeah. So much <laughs> but like, it, um, yeah, that was the first thing that came to my mind as you brought up the, the, talking about the younger generation being so weak. It's like you raised them.
1: Yeah.
0: So if that was your goal, then you failed at it. Like whatever you thought you were doing, which you probably didn't think about, no, uh, <laughs> did not get them where you wanted them to be. And, and like you said, it, can we even define what that means today? Like it's not the same as it was in the thirties and it shouldn't be the same as it was in the sixties. Those should be being defined by each generation. What does being resilient and being tough. And again, like that, that exact word is used frequently. It's like they're soft and not hard, right? Those two specific things. And like those don't really mean anything (laughs) in reality, like yeah. about how people are, people behave. Are you talking about like how physically hard my abs are? Like I, I don't, <laughs> that's, like that's a real thing, but that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about your resiliency and like your ability to persevere and do these other things. And if we're talking about kids who have been raised being constantly picked on online and like constantly berated online and they've made their way through that and they've become a functional adult, they're probably a hell of a lot more resilient than you are. You just don't understand that resiliency because it's different than your resiliency. Yeah. It, it Trust me, I'm dealing with it too as someone this age and they say those things about like every Marine generation does that this new generation is often like, they're not tough enough. I'm like, they're just tough in different ways. They are different than us and are capable, more capable than us in other ways. And I love it when I hear like I did today, like a colonel, say stuff like that, like, no, oh, these, these young Marines are, are amazing, and everything that you want them to do, they can do. You just need to give them the space to do so, and let them be successful. And he's, like, coaching lieutenants. I was like, this is... Thank you! <laughs> thank you! It's finally great to hear that from someone, you know? Uh, so... Um, I was trying to look that up to be able to tell you for sure, but uh, I'm gonna keep okay, keep looking keep when looking I about, go to. The...
1: I'll tell you a Marine Corps story. So I used to think the same thing about like the Marine Corps, like right when I got out. Because one of the reasons why I got out was obviously I had like a really bad leader. He was terrible, and then I saw yeah. like the new generation of uh, Marines that were coming in, and I didn't. Most of them I didn't like, only because they lacked um, common sense. Is the main thing. And, like, one of, the, one of the guys that actually had some common sense, I made sure that he got the fuck out of the unit as fast as possible. Because uh, I was like, the, the unit that you're in, man, like, right now, it's not great. The guy's last name was Aquino. And I made sure that he hopped in the Mew as fast as possible. So I'm like, listen, you're, the, you're a guy who seems to understand, like, basic shit, and you're not out there doing dumb shit. Because, like, there was, a, there was this new guy. I forget his name. doesn't even matter. But I was a corporal. And he got a brand, and he ran up to me. He's like, Look, Corporal Barker, you know, look at, the, look at this brand. They're like, I'm like, What the fuck are you showing me right now? Why are you what? showing me this? Like, you can't do this. Like, and you're so dumb that you understand the actual, you didn't pay attention to any of the UCMJ at all. Like, you can't get a brand, dumbass. Now I have to tell somebody. Like, I have no yeah. choice.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was funny because of that rule. This is like, again, another throwback kind of story. Because of the rule of not being able to be branded, right? You can't do any branding. You can't do any of that stuff. <laughs> we had a, I had a guy in my boot camp platoon who got the brand before he joined. So that way, technically, he wasn't breaking the rules. Yeah. So he has USMC branded in his shoulder <laughs> Jesus Christ. at boot camp. You're like, you are not a freaking Marine. And the drill instructors just ate this dude up. I mean, he mm-hmm. was big football player. Like, he was going to 100% make it. Like, you knew this guy was going to be... Be a great marine, but like, that's not a good start. No, no. <laughs> so he definitely succeeded, and I don't know where he is today. But like, he had a hard time with boot camp because they just become... so they, you know, in traditional drill instructor fashion, made him the guide to begin with.
1: <laughs> like, oh, well,
2: went,
0: okay. you. You were in charge of everything. Yeah. So congratulations. <laughs> You're like, I, why, going on? Well, you will be in trouble for everything too. Yeah. <laughs> So, if you can't be smart, you're going to be strong,
1: you know, the way drill instructors do. So, yeah. I used, I used oh. to one of the ridiculous things that I said when I was a younger parent was that my kid's either going to be dumb or strong. And I'm just, like, thinking back, that's fucking cringe. That's so fucking cringe. Like, why would you want your kid to be dumb or strong? Like, can't, can't they be both or just be their own fucking person? You yeah. know, it's like, come on, man.
0: Like. Yeah, we, we do not even make top ten for suicide rates globally.
1: Okay, not even top ten. But it did, nah. the, the rates are definitely going up, though. Like, it's been up for a while.
0: Yeah, so we, let's see, average, so Suicide Rate is 16.1. Is that a percentage? That doesn't make sense. Um, but, like, the highest, I am mean, we can go down top couple. So Lesotho has, like, the worst with 72.4 on average per year.
1: I actually don't even know what the fuck that is.
0: No, so uh, this is 10 countries, high suicide rates. So it's number of suicides per 100,000 people. Okay. So for every 100,000 people, annually, 72.4 people commit suicide in Lesotho. It's a lot. It's a right. huge number. Uh, surprising on this top list, number four is is uh, South Korea, which is kind of, it's kind of surprising. It's not. Uh,
1: eight yeah. six,
0: And then uh, Russia is up there, number nine, Wow. 25.1. And then South Africa, also kind of surprising, 23.5. Yeah, we do not make top 10. So um, the only Western, and they say Western European nation with an exceptionally high suicide rate is Belgium. Hmm. Kind of surprising. But ranks as number 11 with 18.3 per 100,000. But it says uh, Belgium also has some of the most, like, liberal laws on doctor-assisted suicide. So then that potentially, like, affects those numbers because those would still count as suicides, but it's, it's, you know, state control and doctor-led and like managing healthcare part for that country. That's like the way they're managing it as a healthcare thing. So that is affecting your numbers, obviously.
1: Sorry, this is, you're right. My, obviously you're right because you, you said the statistics, but it was the, the actual, what I'm talking about, the rising suicide rates in America uh suicide is now the 10th uh leading cause of death in America, which it didn't mm. used to be anywhere near that. So, which is it's it's kind of it's kind of insane. Cuz if if you go back through the years, it wasn't anywhere near like 10th.
0: Okay, so you're talking about like rate of, of increase.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's ramping I mean, up like significantly.
0: Well, I wonder how much, how much of that again, something, something close, close for us up. is how much, how much of that, that, is, that is tied to 20, 20 years plus, like, well, 20, I guess. So 20 years, when like, at war, constantly. A yeah, constant cycle of people going through, going to a very violent and, and stressful and hard-pressed pressed area, area, and then being a very hard-hit community within, within the country uh, for, for suicides. Suicide. I know that there's some statistic numbers out there that are usually used, and a lot of it's you know, not accurate campaign numbers things but to be awareness, you yeah. don't care that the, yeah, the 22, that thing's not an accurate statistic, yeah. but it doesn't change the fact that it's back it, right? Yeah, right? Um, and it definitely needs attention, and so to make it a marketing campaign, I don't care. Like, yeah, cool, got it, I, I'm all for accuracy, but like, that doesn't reduce the legitimacy of the idea that we need to be talking about it, and we should be concerned, and we should try to do something about it. Well, you
1: know, America has a, a very strenuous relationship with mental health like we just don't think it's a thing you know like, if you look at like the the ronald reagan era when he just decided to shut down a whole bunch of you know mental facilities across the u.s and then we saw you know homelessness spikes we saw you know uh people getting thrown in prison spikes you know it, it's just it's insane that we we don't put enough stock in mental health and we, it goes back to like what we talked about in the very beginning with um with Simone Biles like people don't care about her mental health like at all and like Naomi Osaka is another person who's a professional athlete she had mental health issues she pulled out and people got mad at her for that I'm like can you imagine being (sighs) mad at somebody because they literally like in their mental state like they can't they can't do it can you why would you want to force somebody to do something that they they did not want to do like really think about that like it's none (laughs) of your fucking business
0: The way you just said that, right? So forcing someone to do something they don't want to do. Immediately, like my brain went towards rape, right? So this is completely, it's like a completely different subject and I'm not reducing the impact of that on a person's life. But if, you, if we frame it under that thought process and like take a step to a different direction and say to do that to someone, to to say despite your mental state to, to say despite whatever else is going on that makes you not feel like you're capable of doing this right now i don't care do it anyways and forcing them through whatever coercive methods you have available to you to do so it's not unlike it like i'm not saying it compares and it has the same physical impact on you but it's it's that same concept you know not physical thing so to to go to where we don't seem to understand mental health issues right in America. Cause we just can't see it. So therefore it doesn't exist. It's similar to that same thing. Like that is a physical act, which sometimes is, is frequently legitimized or, you know, under, under legitimized, but yeah, not legit. Like, not treated as important as it should be. As I'm trying to say, I, I can't think of the right word right now, but like, it's similar, right? It's where you say, like, this is, despite your resistance to what is going on and your inability to do so, I'm going to make you do it through whatever means that that person has available. It's pretty, it's pretty, like, if I'm very immediately went I was like, I know this doesn't seem, I know it's not the same thing, but it was a connection I just kind of made when you said it that way. I was like, whoa. Well, I
1: brain. think a lot of people, like me included, like, kind of years ago, of, like, the the issue with, like, rape in America. I remember, So let me just... I'm probably, I'm probably going to make some people mad. I don't give a fuck. First of all, if I made you mad about that statement, but there is an issue with rape in America, even in the armed forces, especially. Um, the first time, if, if you don't believe me, if y'all are, you know, cause I know we, we're going to have a lot of armed forces listeners um, sure. to this podcast. First time I went to Iraq as a contractor, I went there and I went to the VVC which is the Victory Base Complex and there were signs everywhere about for females to walk with other people at night because of rape and i looked at that i was fucking horrified i was like are you this is the us military like why are people worried about rape in the us military and then you see like all these stories coming out like i forget the the woman's name God damn, it was like a whole like rape crazy thing. I think she was uh of Mexican descent. You know what I'm talking about?
0: She uh, is,
1: she was in the army and she ended up getting raped and killed. And, in Texas. Yeah, and then it was like a whole thing that came out about I was just like.
0: I can't remember the whole the whole story. And no, I don't remember the name, and I feel terrible for
1: nothing. No, it's but it's it's an issue. Like it's it's literally yes. an issue that I did not know existed in the military. Um, probably because I'm a fucking dude. Alright? I'm not worried about getting raped like at all (laughs) but I thought that we thought of you know I thought we're all brothers and sisters and meanwhile we have pieces of shit raping women in the military you know and it's like kind of swept under the rug and it's been if you follow that story I forget the woman's name if you're looking it up please help me but um, it gets swept under the rug like on multiple layers you know, it, it wasn't just, like, the her commanding officer. It was, like, went way up the chain. but Like, they, they ignored her pleas of being sexually um, assaulted. And she ends up getting killed. And she is not the only story that's out there. And people just think that, oh, you know, well, whatever. It doesn't happen that often. But what if, that, what if that's your daughter, man? Or your mom? You know, or your sister? It's like, come on.
0: So I was trying to... While we talk through this so we could put put it in perspective for us too the percentage of specific populations right that deal with the rate and we are off topic and we'll get back to age a second.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, but age kind of matters here is i'm about to go into it too that um the, the first stat i found which is not the one i was looking for is that like this thing reports the fact that there's a significantly higher percentage uh over the years from 2006 to 2018, like occurring, but it's attributed to a much higher rate of reporting, like accepting that reporting is okay, and understanding and knowledge about reporting processes and making sure that reports happen, not necessarily that more were happening, just that more were being reported, right? Yeah. Um, Which just just tells you that means that all those numbers from before that probably were crap, right? That's all it says. And they're probably still not good. but that, that definitely it's almost always someone being assaulted by someone who is older than them is their senior either in rank or in authority. And that's where I think we can kind of uh, not intentionally trying to just get off this topic because it is one that we can absolutely talk about. Um, but since we are trying to stick to age today, um, it seems like. That that should be something that wouldn't happen, right? That you would have, if we go back to that first concept we went through, which is like, as you get older, you should become more wise and more understanding and more able to, you know, have empathy about someone else's perspective and think about it and understand what's going on with them. that That would happen less often, but it seems in most cases it's the other way around where it's almost always someone taking advantage of someone younger than them.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's a shame. So I'll, I'll say her name. I, I found her. Uh, Vanessa uh, Gillian. That's her name. and Gillian.
0: Gillian. Is it Gillian? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, as soon as you, you said Vanessa, I remember what it was. It's like, yeah. I was like, I couldn't pull that out. For some reason.
1: Yeah, and she had reported, she was 20 years old, and she had reported sexual harassment way before she was yeah. uh, murdered. So, right. yeah, it's, it's, it's an issue that I think that, it, I mean, I think if you're in the military, it, it particularly bothers me when it's members of the military. I mean, don't get me wrong, rape, rape in general is fucking wrong. But when you are swearing an oath, and you, we're supposed to be the heroes, and our heroes are raping and killing our own service members, it's like, I mean, come on. Like, I, I put people in the military on a different standard than civilians. That's just the way it's always going to be for me. Yeah. Um, and they, they definitely failed that standard. Um, it's, it's fucked up anyway um,
0: so, so we haven't had a death penalty conversation but like I have no problem I have like I don't know as long as it's like pretty like concrete and you can prove that kind of thing if this is for sure the behavior I have no problem just get rid of that person I, <laughs> I, understand. I just don't want that person in my society and holding on to them and keeping them alive and yeah, uh, yeah. They're not going to respawn. These aren't travelers, right? So, <laughs> yeah.
1: no, I, I like, totally. Okay. I understand your perspective. I, I totally understand your perspective on uh, the death penalty. But I, I used to be on the same route. Like, yeah, just fuck yeah. them, kill them. Like, yeah. for me, guilt, guillotine. I mean, but. Yeah. Uh, the problem with me is that I don't feel that now that I've had a lot of time to think about it that people that are on death row and that are going to get hit with the death penalty, I don't think that they've, they've done their, how do I put it?
2: I feel I, like I they, they, that, they're, they're,
1: they're not, Sorry. Really, Sorry. go ahead.
0: I'm saying I think I can bail you if you're still struggling to forget to get there. So, um, so I say that, right? And for, for me, the problem is that the more aware you are of the way the system actually works right now is that, That due diligence isn't there to prove that that person deserves or or even did the thing we think deserves that action, right? I I think that there is things we can say, if for sure there is a clear line that it happened, that deserves it. But we we can't get past this line most of the time where we say, I know for a fact that this person absolutely deserves this death penalty. I think that's kind of where you were going.
1: No, actually. (laughs) That's good. I mean, that's definitely important, though, right? Because you definitely need to know if somebody actually did it. And you need like an actual like all approved because there's definitely people that have been on death row that have been killed that didn't do it, okay? So that that aspect is pretty messed up. But what I was and gonna you, say is that I think that it, in America with our justice system is that I don't feel like somebody that is put on, uh, you know, that's gonna be killed by the state or on federal level or whatever. Uh, I don't think that they've done enough to really pay back their their debt to the victims and the victim's yeah, we, family.
0: Yeah. I remember I remember we did talk about this a little bit. Yeah. You, you're right. That's, I don't know. I didn't think up that's where you were going. Sorry, yeah, that's my <laughs> issue.
1: Is <laughs> like w- like just think about it just in general. Somebody murdered somebody. They definitely did it. What happens to the person that murdered somebody? They put them in they throw them in jail and if they're in a state that still has the death penalty, they're put on death row for multiple years. Um they're separated from the victims. The victim's well obviously the victim's fucking dead, but the victim's family There's really no, where is there um, restitution for the victim's family? Like, how, why, why, why is there no possibility for them to possibly, god damn, there's a better word for this. um,
0: Work work, it back, pay it back, do like.
1: To like, to like really fix things. But if you just kill them there's no possibility for them to ever fix anything. And it, it removes the responsibility of the person that did the actual, you know, murderous act to like do anything. Like just like, okay, well you're going to die. But the, the victim family, yeah, the person's going to die, but did the person even feel bad about it? You know what I mean? Did they, what, what have they done to make your, to, to improve upon their life? I'm not saying yeah. that every single time it seems to happen. Cause obviously there's some families, um, You know, victims' families that are never going to want to even see the person or want anything from them. But there are people that do need something like that. And I'm saying that needs to be an option for them to actually at least heal part of the damage that they did. And it's easy to just get thrown in... I'm not saying... It's an easier route just to get fucking thrown in jail and get killed by the state than actually try to heal the damage that you did. Because right now there's literally no... Possibility for somebody that murdered somebody to really heal the damage that they did. Yeah.
0: Like, and I get that. So, and and you mentioned it, right? So, that for some, the best cathartic thing would be to be there and see that person also die, right? That could be what that family needs that closure, that feeling that this is taken care of, it's all said and done, and it's over, right? So, some people, that's what they just want this done. Um, but I think you're right. Like, so some people would want to see more done, and I don't know what that option looks like. So, is it they help them paint their house, build a house? Like, are yeah. they like are they doing the labor stuff that they're doing now? Are they cleaning up highways? Like, yeah. <laughs> Like that's, how does that help that person personally, directly?
1: I know. I, I know. It's it's a it's a very complicated like issue. And, and if somebody heard like what I said, you're like, oh, you know, Cronus, you're totally wrong. Okay, that's that's fine. You can think I'm totally wrong. Um, and I'm totally willing to admit that I could be entirely wrong, but at the same time, I think that there could be a better solution to uh, to criminal justice, especially when it comes to like the death penalty. Especially knowing that a there's been multiple people that have been killed by the state that didn't do it, and we know this. We know this. What's the value of a human life? So I'll put that out first, and then second of all. Is why why isn't the person that murdered somebody doing actual, actually trying to fix the harm that they did? Like we don't even allow that to happen. Like it should at least be an option in my mind. If you don't agree with me, it's fine. I get it. It's fine. Anyway, that was (laughs) kind of brutal, but yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. So. I I do think that's a whole other thing. Um, Something we can talk about maybe later if it's something someone wants to talk about. Have you seen uh, the movie The Life of David Gale? I have not. So it's a movie about the death penalty. Uh, It's got Kevin Spacey in it. Mm -hmm. It's It's really good.
1: Um,
0: So I will not talk about it because it's it's really good. Um, I'll say, remember we talked about there was like really good ones, and then completely fell off and totally died. It's got like good era M. Night Shyamalan twist level stuff in it. So it's really, really interesting. Um, and it, it, it's one of those ones that talks about how this is clearly not an easy topic. So um, uh, there are still, there are only 24 states that have the death penalty left. 23 have no death penalty at all, and then Right now, three states have a governor-imposed moratorium. Like, we're not doing it right now, but it's still technically on the books. Kind of thing. Shocking to me was the fact that I could have sworn Washington State, where I vote, still had the death penalty, and was the only state left that still used hanging as the primary means for like death penalty.
1: Yeah, it's just like the way that we actually kill people. Like, the insane thing to me is that people were trying to bring back like the gas chamber. (laughs) What? (laughs) Let me give you the historical context of when we use a gas chamber. When we use a gas chamber, it literally goes back to Nazi times. That's how we killed the. Not how we. I'm sorry. That's how the Nazis killed the Jews. It's the same fucking gas. And so I see people like, "Oh yeah, bring them back." Are you fucking serious? Like, do you not understand like, the historical context?
0: Groups of people. It's still not. Like,
1: <laughs> it's so dumb. Why are you so dumb?
0: <laughs> so the reason I remember this. And the reason i thought washington still did and still had hanging was that there's this story i read about and so it must have been you know a long time ago because i still remember this story from from long ago that there was a guy in prison on death row that was going to be um you know killed through the death penalty and washington used hanging so knowing that There's a very specific mathematical calculation to like your height and your body weight and how long the rope needs to be and how high the platform is to make sure that as soon as you fall and your neck breaks and blah, blah, right? There's math to it. So he figured out if he weighed a certain amount, it would rip his head off no matter what the length of the thing was, which would make it cruel and unusual punishment so he couldn't be hung. So he starts, like, ballooning up and gaining weight. Like, he just put on weight, put on weight, put on weight. <laughs> he's like, wow. you can't kill me because I weigh too much. That's fucking morbid. So, so then they have like, half rat him like they did the guys. Like, had to figure out how to, like, get him to lose weight. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a crazy dumb. story. But he figured out the system. He's like, if you can figure that kind of trigonometry out, man, how come you can't be a good member of society? What, what the heck's wrong with
1: you? Yeah, that's, that's crazy.
0: And, yeah, I mean, there's honestly the – as
1: far as I am concerned – if you're going to kill somebody, the most humane way would be the guillotine. It's the most humane way. Cause it's, there's, there's no, there is some pain involved, but there's, you can't fuck it up. Like the, you know, your head is removed. You might be in some pain. for Maybe 15 seconds, maybe, but, but yeah, but we won't, we won't do that in America, but also I'm, I'm anti-death penalty. So, um, yeah, that, that that's kind that's sort of uh, over the past few years where I became anti-death penalty. But I understand yeah. the arguments for the death penalty. Like, I get it.
0: Better than the system of eternal imprisonment.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, and like pe- putting people in solitary for like a long ass time, and just like treating them like like trash. Like and and um, convict leasing, which we still do. You know, making people like we have slaves in America today. We have more people enslaved today than we had slaves back when there were you know you know actually real quote unquote slaves. Um, Obviously, those are real slaves, um, but the people that are in prison are slaves as well. So I can I can break that down to you in a whole bunch of different ways. If you want you want me to talk about it, I could do it on another podcast. Let's
0: Let's say we need we need to put that (laughs) put a pin in that one because we will go. We will go down on it. I think we have, uh, to some extent, prior to that. And I think both times have said, this needs to be its own subject.
1: Yeah. Like, well, that is awesome, a huge topic. You know what's awesome, though? Is that yeah. if you go back to season one, when I talk about racism, uh, and you watched uh, last week tonight talking about, uh, shit, what was the, the topic when he's talking about redlining? I literally yeah. went over this almost, not word for word, but the same, very same topics that he talked about on that podcast
0: yeah last week's one was what like housing right it was the, i think it was he called it housing
1: yeah
0: and yeah i was like this is literally we just talked about this so if you're watching this episode it should be like our last episode i think is the one where we talked about housing so a week prior to recording this episode so pretty much a couple days after we (laughs) did that one
1: I thought it was season one, but okay, apparently it was this season, but yeah, it was actually like about just racism, and it had to do with housing.
0: Yeah. We started talking about it like last time we recorded, and it was crazy, but we were kind of all over because it was education, technically it was topic, but then we went into housing because it affects it.
1: Yeah. And then and we talked so, about
0: it, yeah. And, we talk, and then literally just days later, his came out, I was like, wow, this is the same stuff we were just talking
2: about.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> we're on the right topics then. Yeah, he I like even truth.
1: had the reference the same book, "Color of Law." It's a great book.
0: <laughs> I will tell you what I'm happy that um, Trump is out of office for the reason that it means John Oliver does not have to do a show about Trump every single week.
1: Yeah, but because that
0: movies. got old. It got old. Like hearing them cry about it every week. Like, can we talk about cool, like small stuff? Like that is supposed to be what your show's about, like, that no one else cares about. Like, that's what I loved that show for, was, like, weirdly detailed reports on, like, crazy small, like, topics within the government that nobody even thinks about. Did you see the one on, like, special districts? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I loved it. I was like, this is the crazy, (laughs) detailed-level stuff that they need. And all they did was talk about the president for for a year. I'm like, oh, God, please just move on to something else.
1: Yeah, it's, it's hard. Like, obviously, he's got a... There's ratings, but... But it's hard when like the same person is doing like fucked up shit every goddamn week. It's-
0: yeah, I, I feel like with that show, like that was my safe space. You know?
1: Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah.
0: Like, like I could come to you for the stupid little nerdy level politics stuff that I, I get into, and I avoid the Fox and I avoid the MSNBC. The CNNs. Yeah. And, and all they do is this party live news, and I'm like, I expected you to do better, John. I expected you to do better. But yeah, I get it. like you said, ratings and. You can't, and again, he probably was where we were like at certain points. You're like, I'm just so frustrated with what's going on, I can't talk about anything else. Yeah, and the same things we like, he has his things that he comes back to, like we do, and that's probably what it was. Like, every week they're trying to figure out what to talk about. Like, I can't help but want to talk about this right
1: now. <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to talk about um, a major subject, you know, when, yeah. and it keeps and it keeps happening. It's like, honestly, I think that you know, Trump was like the gift that kept on giving for like liberal <laughs> media. Because just like this is easy, you don't get to write it. Like he's look how bad this guy's fucking up, like <laughs> you know.
0: I almost wonder like, political cartoonists. Like, I wonder if anywhere during that time, all they did was publish the exact same cartoon from last week,
1: <laughs> and no
0: one, no one even noticed. <laughs>
1: yeah, just just a new bubble. <laughs> all
0: right. Same exact cartoon.
1: So the last thing that I think we're gonna talk about. Cause this might take a little bit. I don't know. It, it'll take like, a right. thirty minutes for sure.
0: That was me. Sorry, I, something in the audio, I just totally destroyed it. What would you say?
1: Oh, I was going to say the last thing we're going to talk about because it's going to affect uh, both of us because we are both athletes um, and we're going to talk about being like an aging athlete. So I don't know how, how bad it affects you because you're still an active Marine. I Obviously, am not, but I work out daily. Yes. And when you're aging as an athlete, it is, um, it's fucking something else. <laughs> you know, it's something else.
0: Uh, They're definitely not the days where I drank until 4 a.m. and then went and ran a PFT and had like the best score I've ever had. That's not happening. No, no, it has to. It's like intentional.
1: There's <laughs>
0: <different laughs> planned, and part of it. So last week you were like, "Hey," or you just said when we got started. And if if you are part of Patreon, you can watch our full like pre-show, pre-show stuff. But we really talked about a little bit before we got started. It was like. Last week, I like, hey, appreciate you. It was like, you know how much I hurt last week? <laughs> I was, I mean, that was my response, I was like, dude, I'm hurting, so I'm good. So I went way too hard coming back from a month off on a Monday. And like, I literally felt like I might have torn something in like triceps and like shoulder connection to chest. And I just did like 100 push ups in like five minutes. It's not insane, but like, all body weight. The extreme is just more than I should have done on my way back towards like trying to spin myself back up, and oh my, god.
2: Yeah.
0: it hurt so bad. I was like, oh, "There's no getting out." of I went for a little jog to try to loosen things up, you know, get the joints and the muscle. No, the next day I was like, "It feels worse." I was like, "Joe, come on, that's supposed to help."
1: Yeah, no, it's it's so insane. Like, and this is another thing that people will tell you as it, as you're older. If you're younger, listening to this. Listen to people that are older as athletes. Like, it, your body is not going to keep, keep its shit together forever. I'm not falling apart by any means, but at the same time, my body takes what I consider to be fucking forever to heal. <laughs> like, I, I did, uh, I, did I, was, I got back to doing a little bit of jiu-jitsu like a month ago. I got a map under my foot. It, the map under my foot took three weeks. To properly heal, three weeks to properly heal.
0: (laughs) So nowhere near as badass sounding as while I was doing jujitsu, I got footburn. Uh, So (laughs) while walking around Disney, while walking around Disney, (laughs) uh, when we were on our vacation, like for some reason there's a seam on my casual shoes I had or whatever that like rubbed the shit out of one of my toes. I was like, oh my god. So I switched to sandals for the next couple of days to try to, like, just take the pressure off it. And that shit did not heal. <laughs> like, the whole week we were there, and it's, like, a week later, I'm like, why is there still a blister, like, on my toe? And as Marines, right, we hike all the time. I, blisters, whatever. Yeah. I, I get them. But, like, that, it did not go away. I was like, how is this does not math out? I don't understand how this is taking so long to, to heal up. Yeah. It's a blister from Disney. Like, that's not even a thing.
1: Yeah, it's it's just it's insane like how much your body is slowing down and like we see it like it's slowing. Obviously, I'm I've lost like some of my hair. I got some grays now. You know, like I'm getting older. Like when I see like my hair like starting to come out and like my grays, it's like my body is just like you know. There are more important things than your hair, and your hair color. Let's just try. Let's just try to stay alive. All right, how about that? <laughs> and even then, it's like things take longer to to get back together and i'm just like man like this is it's like legit but what's crazy go go ahead sorry
0: okay i will say i'm i'm kind of lucky in the the hair department so like it hasn't started really falling out so cindy likes to joke and say that like you can tell the the like the windows peak sections She's like, oh, they're going further back. I'm like, no, they've always been that way. They, I just have <laughs> kind of like this larger thing. You can go back and look at 19-year-old pictures of me, and I, it still has the same hair thing. But the gray is mostly coming in like right here, which kind of gives you the like distinguished look, and she absolutely adores it. Like She's like, oh, that's so good. She loves it so much. I'm like, hey, perfect. So I'm just winning with the getting old with the hair color thing. My, and the hairs.
1: my girlfriend's like, the same thing, and I'm just like, okay. Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> but also – they- who else, who the fuck else do I care about what their opinion is? Yeah. Nobody.
1: Or, I mean, at the same time, though,
0: well,
1: at the same time, to be fair, with uh, with my girlfriend Kmac, mac um, she kept dyeing her hair because she had gray hair. And I'm just like, why do you keep dyeing your hair? Like, just look the age that you are. Like, stop dyeing your hair. You don't need to dye your hair. If you're doing it for you, okay, I guess, but don't do it for me. If you're getting grays, I don't give a fuck. And so she just, like, over the last year, she stopped dyeing her hair, obviously because of COVID. And then once she finally got to go back to her hairdresser, she didn't do hair dye again. And I was like, good, because now you look your actual age, you know. And it's, it's okay to look your age. It's, it's okay, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, Cindy does, she does dye it, but she dyes her hair because that's where she wants her hair to be. I'm like, right, I don't care. The same to you, like, mm-hmm. if that's something you're enjoying and that makes you feel more confident and makes you feel better, then do you. Yeah. But don't do that for me.
1: Exactly. Same way. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like, you still look like you. So,
2: you know. You go just baby.
1: Yeah, so... Yeah, being an aging athlete is... is uh, it's weird because I think that most people... They never were an athlete, first of all, to begin with. And so they don't understand, like, the the degradation of your body. So most people, they live kind of a sedentary lifestyle. And so they never were like changes yeah they they were not like at a at a high level of doing like really anything physical but once you are at that level and then you start trying to like really keep up that level like it, it becomes difficult to accept that you know you're not in your 20s
0: anymore yeah you know did you see the did you see the line like in a quote from Tom Tom Brady like on retirement or whatever that he was excited to eat a tomato <laughs> it. Because, like in the 20 something plus years or whatever that he's been playing football he has never once eaten a tomato because that's just like so much sugar and they're so bad for you wow. physically and yeah. it makes it so much harder to recover and all these other things he's like kind of excited to have some pizza and like like eat a tomato and like do these other things that I haven't done because especially like at the age he's getting it, like to to maintain that peak physical performance like he has he's like it is so hard and it got so much harder it's only gonna get harder and harder for him but I was like, it's very interesting. It's just like, he's like, there's little things. It's little things you don't realize when you're not performing, not really focused on diet and and exercise that as you get older, you're like, man, it's going to be nice to, like, for him to at least kind of, like, let it off a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> get, the, yeah. Get, the foot off, get the foot off the gas just a little bit for him. So it's kind of
1: cool. I think that's one of the things that most people just, they, they don't get it. Just like they, they're living their sedentary lifestyle. They're just like, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm good. But then, once you have to, if you have an emergency, you have to run. Like then you get it. <laughs> yeah, like
0: did you have any? Um, did you have any like actual injuries or anything when you were younger that you can feel now?
1: Uh yeah, there's a couple. So I tore my um, this pec away from my shoulder when I was in Iraq from uh, benching, and so now when I'm doing like yoga and I'm doing like certain like rolls and shit, like I can feel like the separation and the pop out of the socket, and it comes it comes back It's not a really huge deal. And then I um, my ankles are fucked. So I, I broke my tibia off into my ankle when I was in Iraq. And they didn't want to X ray and they told me I was fine. So a week later I was back on my you know, back on the elliptical. And yeah, the ankle's like some some days like something gets stuck in the bones in my ankle and it like it's painful like all day. You
2: know? And it'll clip like, oh.
1: Yeah, then it's like then it feels good, you know, and there's a couple other things, but, I'm, you know, I'm working on it, you know.
0: I'm working yeah, on it, like, it just, to get better. What's interesting is, like, anybody who's never had an injury like that where it can get to this point where, like, it's going to stay at that pain level and then can come out of it yeah. has no idea how good that feels. Like, <laughs> that feeling of, oh, it just went back where it's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> my shoulder. So I've torn my shoulder twice. Um, like, it's the – so getting a little bit physio. So it's the acromioclavicular tendon. So, from your collarbone to your your shoulder blade on the back, there's a tendon that goes between them to kind of like hold all that muscle and everything else together on your shoulder. So your collarbone and your back plate are like held together. So I've hit it enough times, like stretching it outward away from where it's supposed to be, that like I've torn that thing twice, and uh, so there are still plenty of times I'll just be like. Hey. Nope, nope, that shoulder is not where it's supposed to be. It is doing some weird stuff. And it's like eventually hopefully it'll... And it just kind of clicks back. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. I can use my arm again because everything just... Everything feels wrong when it does that. And I just went yesterday. So I just went yesterday and got re-measured for insoles for my feet because my feet as Marines with 20 20 plus years, or whatever. Your feet are... No matter what, your feet are jacked. What's really interesting is Enrique has tried... Like three times to go get them to give him custom insoles, and they keep just being like, "You got plantar fasciitis, just stretch it." It's like, I have 23 years of service in the Corps. There's something else wrong with my feet. Take, let me go to a podiatrist. <laughs> they still keep being navy about it, and I'm like, just tell them you can't. At this point, we've learned you can't just go into medical and be like, "Hey, something's wrong. Can you tell me what it is?" No, you tell them what it is. Like, my foot is messed up. I need to go see a professional, like someone who specializes in this thing. I'm not leaving this office until you give me a referral to that section. So he's going to hopefully do that next week. But yeah, I went and got got fitted for my new insoles here, and I do not like the process. I got a little bit um, pampered in Japan, I guess, because in Okinawa, the Naval Hospital doesn't do it. Uh, The only place anywhere around is like a professional athlete support foot doctor guy down in Naha. So you have to go to that little shop, and it's like – It's, like, basement floor of someone's house that is turned into an office, (laughs) and you walk in, and this guy has pictures of autographed professional athletes from basketball teams and golfers and, like, runners from all these Japanese teams hanging up all over the place because everyone in the country goes to that guy in Naha. You're, like, oh, (laughs) jeez. Okay, this guy's real. And he, like, you... You, like run across some electronic pad and it's like measuring everything and does all this crazy stuff and then gets you very custom made insoles and so I'm like let me get some crappy Dr. Scholl's things out of these guys this is what I'm gonna get I'm like,
1: Ugh. yeah that's that's one of the things that you know I, I don't know if you said it on the podcast before but you, you're probably gonna retire soon right so maybe probably
0: there there was a thing the colonel said today and me and Enrique both looked over at each other and were like. Okay, well, <laughs> right, um, right. The, which was, whenever it stops being fun, stop, right? So there are moments, there are moments where we're both like, this is, this is just too frustrating. Like, I can't get through the bullshit and actually get something done. Um, but then, then most days are more like today where I'm like, I just, I guarantee at least 10 or 15 of those lieutenants, had, like, a very aha moment today at least two or three times and are, like, way more aware of what they're going to do. And they're going to make really great Marines and make a much better Marine Corps. And I did that, right? Like, I had that impact. I, I made sure that the future of the Marine Corps is going to be better. It's like, how much longer can I do that and, and still be energized and excited about it? And as long as that's still happening, whatever. I'll deal with the rest of that crap.
1: <laughs> You've been inspired. That's good.
0: Yeah, you have to find those moments. Inspiration is on us to, like, recognize, right? So it's there. It exists around us. You just have to even, like, be aware enough to recognize it. And it was, it's was good.
1: That is good. Uh, I'm, I'm going to spoil – well, I'm going <laughs> to maybe make your day worse, I guess. But anyway, as a civilian, I got a fucking PPO. So <laughs> when I have, like, an issue, I just go to, like, who the fuck I need to like yeah. I remember like uh when I first started yeah. doing jujitsu, my girlfriend was like, Don't get cauliflower here if you I'm gonna be angry if you cauliflower hair. And I was like, All right, well I'm not get yeah. cauliflower here and then what I got fucking cauliflower ear. Um yeah. like, and it was like blowing up. It was it was it was it, it was obnoxious to me. <laughs> so I was like, All right, I gotta get this fixed. So I go It was to like
0: my... it was like weighing your head down cauliflower. You're like, I gotta pick this
1: up. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I was like, All right, Let's, uh, let's go to the doctor. Let's go to my, my you know, my normal, my normal doctor. Like, hey man, can you just drain my ear for me? Like, it's fucking blowing up and it's painful. Just drain it. He's like, yeah, I could do that, but uh you should probably see a plastic surgeon. Like, they'll just, they'll they do a better job. And I was like, okay, well, do I need a referral? He's like, no, I don't need a referral. Just, you know, look in our directory, find a plastic surgeon. Like, you'll be fine. And so, yeah, like, the next week, I just went to a plastic surgeon and they fixed my ear. And like, I think it's, I don't know which ear, I think it's, this ear? Yes, this ear. This ear will never get my left my left ear. Will never get uh, cauliflower ear ever again. Because they went through and they like they they numb my ear up. They s- fucking scraped the inside of my ear out. And then they um, took like two pads and then like sewed them together to like compress it all down. So I will never get cauliflower ear ever again on this ear.
0: Interesting. I mean, so it shows that it was such a good job, though, that you're like, I can't even remember which...
1: Um, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's definitely my left ear. Like, you have to feel it the... yeah, because there's okay. a little bit more cartilage. But you can't tell if you're looking at my ears. Mm. Like, you can't, you can't tell nope. which ear it is. Yeah.
0: Nope. <laughs> I won't remember next week. Yeah,
1: the only tell, <laughs> the only way you can really tell is that there's three dots on this ear from like the sutures. That's about it.
0: Those, that that happen for me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> The only thing that sucked, though, is that it was fucking crazy painful numbing it up. Because it's already, like, full of, like, blood and flame. And so when they, like, injected the uh, <laughs> the anesthesia into my ear, it was just, like, it blew up even more. I was like, oh! After that, though, it was fine. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm good with ear pain and stuff. I had I had lots of big piercings once upon a time. Stretched out. Did three stretchings. Uh, I had my lip pierced. So, I was... You're edgy. I had other things pierced. Um,
1: oh, this guy. It's getting personal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did them myself.
1: Oh, Jesus. That's You're fucking.
0: I'm
1: edgy. Yeah, I'm actually <laughs> impressed. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't do that myself.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't do it again, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, Not at this age. No. Bring it yeah. up. <laughs> so, I, I do think about things like that, too. Like, so. I was pretty interested in portraying this like wild child concept. Um, I did it for a couple of reasons. One, I'm very intellectual, very like, I like to know a lot about everything. I felt like, again, even at 17, 16, 17, 18 years old, in those things I was interested in, I knew knew a lot about it, right? I was very invested and I, I researched and I was personable and I cared about people and I tried to be nice. So then I felt like it was a fun thing to do. To not look like that person, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Uh, to be like, I'm gonna have red hair, like, and wear it in a mohawk, and have piercings, and like, dress like a skater or a punk or whatever you want to call it, and then be the nicest dude you've ever known. <laughs> like, what? The- and so teachers, teachers who knew me were like, "Why? <laughs> you are not who I when you walked in my classroom. <laughs> that is not who I expected you to be." You know, like. You totally are a different person. Every week my hair was a different color. Um, And so most adults back then were like, did not expect me to be the person that I actually was based on who they saw when they met me, right? And I said, that's intentional. And that blew their minds even more. It's like, I am trying to challenge your perspective on the world, which is that you see me and you expect something. And then you get something totally different makes you have to evaluate, how are you looking at the rest of the world? So I did all that intentionally, right? So a big part of me thinks towards like, when I don't have rules that tell me I I can't do that, is that something I'd still want to do? Like, would I still want to be that guy? And what does that look like at 40 something, right? (laughs) Is it just wearing a t-shirt with a blazer? Like,
1: (laughs) I mean, you can, obviously, if you're out, outside the confines of the Marine Corps, you can do it wherever the fuck you want. Yeah. You know, but that's that's different. Than you know, you know, know a lot more
0: probably about my goals and my mindset and my concepts and stuff. So could I still do those things and then be that person? I don't know.
1: Well, unfortunately, no, if you're going right. for, like, main demographics. But that's also, like, that's a problem. Can I
0: change that? Can I challenge that? Like, can I challenge that structure? Like, I Can I challenge I mean, that.
1: I mean, you can try to challenge it, but it, it's more of a commentary <laughs> on, you know, Americans than it is a, a challenge on you. You know what I mean?
0: Does um, it? But does it? Does it mean that I'm not being true to myself if I don't try?
1: Not, no. I don't. I don't think so. Because I mean, first of all, do, do you think you need to do it? Or Are you just trying to prove a point? That's a thing. Both. Yeah. <laughs> I think I need to do it because I want to a point yeah. I mean, either way, I mean, you know me, man. Like, it, whatever you're running for, I'm fucking voting for. <laughs> so. You can, like, move registered
0: addresses just to the.
1: Yeah. So I've seen, like, you're right. I, I think that people are just, they, they are used to, like, these cookie cutter things. Yeah. Right? And if you're, if you're outside of that, that mold, then people are just like, nah, I'm good. But if you have really good idea, it should come down to the ideas, honestly. I was thinking about this the other day. I, obviously t- today because it came down to uh, my partner going to a uh, possible jury duty. She went this week, which is a disaster. If you watch the pre-show, you see why it was a, why it was a disaster. But I was thinking about like jury duty in general, and like I've done jury duty a couple times. I've been on I've been on juries a couple times, and I don't know why we have. Um, juries in person anymore for the lawyers to pick and choose who's on the jury. It should be just... It should be a blank person in another room where you can't see what they look like and you answer questions based upon you know, either just the, um, the questionnaire. The questionnaire alone yep. should be enough. That should yep. be enough. Because the, when, when a, a lawyer and the judge or whoever else can see the people, that's a problem. Because that, that introduces... Bias.
0: Absolutely. So, so it needs at least two things. You're talking about that question. Right? It can't have your name. Yeah. Or anything about your like uh, demographics on yeah. it, right? So it has to just be your personal perspectives on things, so that they can. Because, because I, I totally understand the screening process. Like, we don't want someone coming into this case who already has a bias against whatever's going on in the case to then not even listen to the the material that's here or whatever information is presented and make an informed decision. They're just going to vote a certain way because that's the way they feel about this subject, right? So I get the idea of excluding some people, but not, not in the system like you're talking about where you can do it based on, and it people's skin color, gender, age, whatever those other things are. So if all that demographic stuff is out, um, that makes a hell of a lot more realistic system, a fair system. Did you know that um, promotion boards and stuff in the Marine Corps no longer include the photo?
1: I heard that and I thought it was a good idea and people were like, they're <laughs> fucking vets, man. They're getting yeah. mad about it. I'm like, if yeah. you're mad about it, then you obviously have implicit bias. If you don't realize it, then that's the problem.
0: Yeah. Like, you're and you're the, the next stage and, and there's already serious decision making level discussions on removing name information and a couple of things too, so to try to make sure that when you look at it you're evaluating statistics like the Marines ratings and their performance and their training and their skills and their knowledge and these other things uh, and not you see you know a name and can probably make a good assumption based on people's names like some things you might have bias against and then and again maybe not consciously and that's not necessarily like if you're consciously if you're intentionally looking at it and making those things that's obviously wrong right but People have those biases, and being aware of that is not a bad thing, right? Being like, look, I, I need to not know that information so that I can make a fair, a fair assessment.
1: Yeah, I think that if, when somebody tells me they have no biases, then I think that they're ridiculous. Yeah. I have biases. I, I, I do my best to combat against them and to recognize sure. them. But if you're telling me that you, know, you have no biases at all, you, you know, get the fuck out of it. Everybody, everybody's biased on something. Yeah. You
0: know. I will say like my experience being, you know, in many leadership positions in the Marine Corps has formed me to a point where I know that what I care about is people's merit. I know that anybody can be good and any can be in a shit bag, so it's not based on people's um, like race or gender oh, or age.
1: Sorry, even though we're near the end, I've really gotta fucking pee. And this is gonna yeah. be, I'm gonna come back, it's going like maybe ten minutes left, but I gotta go
0: good you're good right, you're back. so i continued reading because remember i was like i swear to god washington just had the death penalty like as a thing <laughs> so i started reading and it's been back and forth historically through washington washington like for a while mm-hmm. but it was 2018 like this literally just happened wow uh, that the washington state supreme court declared the, the state's death penalty statute unconstitutional um saying that it was applied in arbitrary and a racially discriminatory manner which, which is part of what i was talking about, about like it it's it's not used in a way that is appropriate to the crimes and like the confirmation of the crime. Yeah. Uh, it's um, uh, it's done more in a like I talked about with imposing slavery through prison stuff, also being used to remove people because of their race, which is fucking ridiculous. But um, what's I was trying to find it, oh, when, where was it reading? Okay, so other interesting facts. So each of the states you can click on, on this page I found, which is super cool. I'll throw it in the links to the thing, I guess. Um, It has an other interesting facts section. So at the time the death penalty was declared unconstitutional in October of 2018, Washington was the only state with an active gallows. I was telling you, they hang people in Washington. I was like, it's crazy. (laughs) So death row prisoners in Washington were able to choose if their execution would be carried out by lethal injection or hanging. Uh, If the prisoner made no decision, the default method was lethal injection. Um, And that's why he was able to, I talked about that one story, that I was able to choose hanging and then not be able to be hung because it would have been cruel and unusual.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's fucked up all around. Like, getting to a point to where the state needs to kill somebody, a lot of things went wrong. You know what I mean? Both with the individual and just like the the punishment, it's just like there needs to be. I wish there were just better humans, to be honest. That that's the obviously the the best solution: better humans. But how do we get there? I School. Think, yeah. Well, scarcity and abundance. Week. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, because it, it, yeah, it, it, we talk about actually like repaying your debt to society is not taken care of. If you just kill them off, but some some people are in no position to be trusted for one, or like put in a place where they can pay that back
2: either. So it's it's tough.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it, yeah, you're right. I mean, it definitely depends. Um, but at the same time, it's just like I think that most people like they'll say the statement of repaying their debt to society, but they're really not. Like, like they're they're just thrown in jail, and it's just like it's a debt to society. Yeah. It's not repaying yeah. anything. And if anything, if if they're if they're if they're making any sort of monetary anything, it's at the hands of corporations that are abusing them for slave labor. So the whole statement of you know, repaying their debt to society, like that's not what's happening in jail
0: no. at all. And they're no, definitely I
1: mean, not correcting their situation. So
0: Yeah. And that's and that's what I meant, like an honest and like true repaying of and by society I mean that's a social contract we all have with each other, whoever they broke that specific social contract with. So like you talk about family members, like how could, how could that person honestly and truly do right by them? Like, what, what does that look like? And I honestly have no idea, but if we talked to families of people who were victims for someone who was then, you know, um, removed from society using the death penalty, some of those would be able to tell us I would have preferred something else. And yeah. what would that look like? I don't know. And maybe that could help you know society understand maybe there's another another way to do this. And honestly, like in a lot of cases that we're not even talking death penalty, just prison stuff. And they just stay there for way, 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 way too long.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, is like where is the reformation? Like where is making them a better member of society, a focus of our process rather than just removing them from society? And it's not, in my opinion. Well, 90
2: cases are not focused on that.
1: Yeah, it's one of the many instances in America where we just flat-out lie about names of things. Like, when you <laughs> are put in jail, you're put into the Department of Corrections. It's it's supposed to be to correct, like, what you did. But that's... The vast majority of people, like, they don't correct anything. They don't even attempt to, like, at all. No. Yeah, there's... The,
0: the, yeah, the, is the time there just... On its own, supposed to do it with no guidance or mentorship?
1: No, like you just throw me in a fucking hole. I'm not gonna learn anything. I'm not gonna learn that. First of all, that what I did was necessarily wrong. Yeah, okay. it was wrong that I got thrown in here. You know, I, I get that, but I don't think that there is like, how do I put it? Like, I, there, there's no emphasis on like making people understand that like, first of all, what they did was actually wrong, and yep. then how to actually re really repay that to the to the victims of what they've done. Like, none of that happens.
0: you seen Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. You know, like, the how they talk about it in there. It's like, everybody in here is innocent, man. <laughs> so they're never even addressing the fact that they did actually do something.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Good movie. I, I don't know how you feel about it. I like that movie. I like that movie, too. I know. Yeah. The Stephen King book, that
2: it was based on something really good, too.
1: I gotta, I gotta go back and listen to it. You know what I just saw today? Because I was going through pre-orders. Because I was trying to find another book, books, I just read that that book. That was that was pretty good. Um, yeah. But they're they're going to release Lord of the Rings on Audible, and Andy Serkis is going to be the narrator.
0: That dude is really good at voices, like doing yes. many characters. I know everybody like knows that he did Golem or whatever, but like he can do oh, a vast range too. So what'd be really great is if they did more like full production quality ones. Where have you listened to any that are like? Multi-person yes. casts with sound effects. And everything.
1: Sandman. Have you listened to Sandman? Mm-hmm. Download Sandman.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like it's so, like listening uh, to a fucking movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's so the the first book ever that came out that was like a Star Wars fan fiction after the movies came out um, was about Thrawn. Right, it was the first Thrawn series that came out or mm-hmm. Uh So like the 25th anniversary edition came out. Uh, and they did like full production audio book of that very first book. And I was like, and it was amazing. So yeah, full R2-D2 sound effects, whoosh doors, like phase, like everything. I was like, this is nice. This is like this is nice. full listening to a movie without watching it. And so you have all of the information plus sounds like, oh, okay. So Do- yeah, it'd be cool Do- if they did that. Yeah,
1: Dune did it too, I'm pretty sure. Listen to one of the editions of Dune, and it had
0: full sound effects.
2: When does yeah. the new Dune movie come out?
1: I I think it's this year.
0: Yeah, soon. Maybe Christmas time. Fuck. I'll have to look because I'm I'm interested. I I watched even like the this the, the C V because it was back when sci fi uh, is sci fi still doing the S Y F Y thing. I think so. Sorry. Yeah. C- <gasps> it just, but anyways, it was right when they started doing that, and I watched the whole Children of Dune series, like that they made right after the. Yeah. Frank Herbert's movie, and it was—I still like them. It wasn't perfect, but it's really hard to capture those books perfectly. So.
1: Yeah, they're—they're. They're I was listening to the first book. I needed to listen to the rest, but yeah, they're—they're they're good. And then Foundation is coming out. I don't know if you're an Isaac Asimov fan at all. So Foundation is coming out on on iTunes, and I, I fucking hate Apple, but I'm like, I gotta get it. The What's up?
0: Gonna have to go there and get them, yeah.
1: It's, yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I gotta get it. it I'm already kind of like they've already gender swapped the the main character, but I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it, I'll let it go. Hopefully, it's good. So it, it's got to be better than iRobot because iRobot was a good movie, but it was a terrible adaptation. Like, adaptation yeah. Did, did you read the book?
0: Yeah. Uh, no, we talked about this before. Like, I hadn't read it. But When you started describing it, I was like, I feel like maybe I read it a long time ago and just haven't read it recently enough to really remember it. Yeah, uh, that the movie didn't match at all.
1: No, no, it's like it's basically its own thing.
2: Totally. Yeah,
1: they, they got the three laws. That's about it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. I forgot what I was saying.
1: Shit! No, I did too because we
0: were bullshitting for a minute. <laughs>
1: What the fuck were you talking about?
0: I mean, I guess we could pause for a second and look
1: at it. I don't know if I can.
0: Yeah, you have to stop. I'll oh, just stop recording. Yeah,
2: yeah. we'll be multiple files and
0: nah, I'm
1: good. Yeah. Um, well, we got past those for
0: contracts. We will go back to. Uh... Oh, I mean, we we can kind of figure out how we want to close out, and we'll call it call it good. Because I think we're, like I said, we're right towards the end of the timeline, anyways. All
1: right, so let's just talk about as we're it out. I guess uh, maybe what we would say to our younger selves as we're as okay. older. I think that's a pretty good way to end it, right?
0: Yeah. So, what would we say to our younger selves? Do you want to go first, or me? Uh,
1: I can go first. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are back and we're going to talk about uh as we wrap this up what we would say to our younger selves now that we're older um for me i would let my younger person my younger self know that you're gonna live for a for a fucking while so make it count and keep improving upon yourself and you're gonna survive and you're gonna do your best that you can to make a positive impact on first of all your your kids and your friends and everybody else around you and things are going to be all right and don't don't be an asshole for no reason you know if you're gonna be an asshole there's there's times to do it but uh it's not to everybody don't don't be an asshole just because uh just because you're bitter about what happened to you in your life so yeah
0: so i'll start by saying i love that some part of both of ours is telling ourselves to not be an asshole. Um, because the way I was gonna, what I was gonna say is, for me, a big part of it was, uh, keep in mind it's not just what information you're saying, but sometimes how you say it to people.
1: Yep, I get that a
0: lot. Matters because um, I've always spoken as normally and openly, and you know, with a tone telling people that they're an idiot. Um. And Lance Corporal is telling staff sergeants that doesn't work well. <laughs> so it took me a while <laughs> to kind of like find the balance and to maybe like, I use this strategy right now and it's something that we work towards, which is when you're working towards saying something or preparing to write something, take 30 seconds to think about what it is you're going to say first. Um, and it helps. It helps frame it helps thinking about it um i guess one thing would be you know tell my younger self pt start then (laughs) don't start don't start later because it's a different while to like really care about it and be interested in it and um, make it be a thing that i wanted to do and not just thing i was told to do so you know get invested yourself in it because it makes it a lot easier it actually makes it enjoyable if if you focus your mind on it um and then, I guess the last thing would be is that you're gonna get the things you always hoped you would, which is to have a family, and be a father, and you can be that you know role model that you were always thinking that you were looking for, and that if that's you know because it's you know without knowing it, that was your goal. That was something that in the back of your mind you always wanted, and you know, still working on it because we still keep learning, no matter what we do.
1: Yeah.
0: But um, you got that, you know. So good job.
1: That's awesome. That's a that's a great way to end, man. <laughs>
0: so. It it was hard to recognize, you know. Like I think we both came from this place a little bit mentally, where we we're kind of just again, I'm making some assumptions based on our conversations, but. I know for me at least, like I had an idea of a direction, but I was still kind of lost, kind of floating, kind of uncertain. And then when things finally come together, you realize like I wanted this particular thing, or this was definitely needed to be what I was working towards all along. I just didn't know it. Um, so that's that's that helpful piece of advice. It was to be. Be a good father be a good husband like have a family make that thing strong that's the piece that really matters that you felt like you were always missing i felt like i was always missing is what i'm really saying and um like it took a took way longer than it should <laughs> to, to to truly and honestly recognize that and make that like a part of me, you know so.
1: yeah i think uh along the same lines like so for me i, I had an advantage over like most of my peers when it came to my career, because I knew what I wanted to do since I was like 11 years old. I was like, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do some computer shit. What so I'm gonna do? I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm gonna be that computer guy. Yeah. But I did not put in any effort or cycles into thinking of like how am I gonna be as a person as I grow and mature, and it, it, who? How am I gonna be as like a uh, a partner with you know somebody else and You know, I never thought about having kids, never thought about any of that shit. I just thought about, oh, just get a career. This is what you want to do, so just do that. And I think that that was probably one of the biggest mistakes that I made in my entire life, was just like focusing on, um, maybe not necessarily the wrong thing, but not enough of all of the things that I can offer this world. And the younger me would have never been able to understand that, because I thought, like when I was young, honestly, I didn't think I had a lot of worth in the world. And I thought that if I could just do this computer thing, that would give me more worth when my worth comes from what I can give to other people. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like the not having... Not, not not like, valuing myself was definitely a big part of the young me's thing. And So for me, instead of having that focus kind of you had on... I was like, just have fun. Like, whatever I'm doing, it doesn't matter because didn't really give myself much value. So it was more about, like, enjoying whatever you are doing. I wasn't necessarily, like, focused or directed towards something. Um, and, like, I get people ask me all the time, I like, why didn't you go to college? I'm like, you go to my grades. I had good grades. Um, I had every opportunity to be able to do so. There's really no reason I didn't. Most people are like, why didn't you go? I was like, I didn't think I would be able to. I didn't think I could afford it. I didn't think um, that, uh, honestly, I didn't think I was worth it, right? Like, I'm don't. I'm not i not going to do that. And So then I convinced myself that this was a way to get to where I could, could go to college. Because that was kind of how they, you know, that's how recruiters talk about it. They talk about these things and, and they figure out, they're really good at it. And I, I love lots of the guys I know who are recruiters, that they figure out what it is even when you don't know that you want, right? Like what is your goal without you even realizing it and make sure that you understand the Marine Corps can deliver whatever that thing is. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I I think I mean, obviously for me, it did um, help me get that like direction and I'm focused, it took a while, but eventually the Marine Corps got that for me, so.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's that's really good. Hopefully, this podcast um, is insightful. If you're younger, even if you're older, you know. Hopefully, it's insightful to and it helps people. I think we've been very honest. Both of us have been very honest on on aging because it's not it's good and it's bad, you know. So, and understanding like your faults as you grow, like you don't know anybody. I don't give a fuck how old you are. You don't know everything. You make mistakes. And if you make mistakes, recognize them, and then if you can, fix them. If you can't, then that's a that's a different story. If you need help, that's a different story. Find the help. So, yeah, that's another thing that I'm still trudging through. But, yeah, so I hope I had fun on this podcast. I hope you did, too. Yeah, yeah I did. And, and if the, the help you
0: need is, like, mental health help, there are online options for us right now, especially where yeah. – I don't say just us, like Marine Corps, like for everybody, um, with people making efforts to stay home with COVID and everything else, there are um, online and phone options for mental health things that you can do that are completely free. So if you're not sure and you just want to talk it through with someone, those resources are available. Um, And honestly, it shows great wisdom to recognize that you have something going on and don't understand maybe what the path forward should be and to seek, seek help. trying to just understand where to go from there. We didn't come across any of these lessons easily. Uh, We spent way too long figuring it out by ourselves rather than um, seeking help probably when I should have, at least uh, earlier on and helping to understand where I was in my life. And it took a a lot of hours that I had available to me, obviously based on not being in a scarcity mindset to to work my own way through these thoughts and through, my own life and goals, and that's not what any of us needs to do. Because there are people out there who are really good at helping us figure this out. So,
1: yeah, I think this podcast has helped me. Um, I think I'm probably going to go back to to, to some therapy, and, like talk to somebody again. Cause it's been a while. Yeah, I think it, at this point I, I kind of need it. So. so to bring it
2: back to the pre-show, right?
0: Like masks uh, in America, we need to get past this stigma of mental health like help and wearing a mask as being some negative thing um i talked about it with someone today he's like i just don't want i don't want someone telling me i have to I'm Like, and that is the problem Wait, we have right and they were in the marine floor oh it, he's saying as a citizen it, we're talking a about a okay, okay. podcast, so it was someone saying like as a citizen who shouldn't that's, that's like that's a pretty pretty specific level for a state to be telling you to do something Pretty freaking specific. And I agree that we shouldn't have to get to the point where it needs to be a mandate. But we also, as a culture, as a society in America, don't wear masks ever. It's like not a thing. So we talked about it where I said if I walked into the office one day because I had a cough and I felt weird wearing a mask. Prior to to 2019, like, I would have not been authorized to do so in uniform. And... (laughs) Like it would have, you weren't allowed to because it was against the law to walk into a store covering your face, and like all these other things that culturally are completely saying that that's not normal and not okay, even if I'm sick and I'm just doing something good to help protect society in Japan. Totally normal, that is totally, absolutely accepted cultural thing, and we need to get there so that people can say, I can wear a mask if I want to, and I know when it's appropriate to do so to help make society better. And we're not there, right? So, so if we needed the state to say, hey, look, it's not safe right now. You need to wear a mask. Um, and it's the same on this. It's like, hey, look, you're not okay right now. You need to go get some help. Is where we are with mental health. And at some point, it'll get to where I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. I'm going to go get some help. And then once we transition to that point where people understand enough about it and we've removed the stigma, then we're good. I think that's that's what needs to shift and change in changing this, these topics. But that's just, you know, I t-
1: No, I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's, a, it's honestly, man, it's it's American arrogance, is what it is. And it took me a while to like, really understand it, but that's, to me, in my opinion, that's what it is. It's just...
0: It makes sense, because the same applies when you're, you know, in a position of authority and, and think that you can't show someone any, like, lack of knowledge or understanding, and I'm teaching people every day, I'm like, you need to be humble, because... You are not the expert. (laughs) You don't know what's going on. I don't know everything about everything. You have to go to people who are doing this daily and ask them those questions and be humble about it. And that's, you know, face of surprise on many people as you're teaching it. This is not an American thing to be humble and try to um, like reach out and get get help with understanding or learning. So, yeah, it's, again, I think all of that, like Like you said, American arrogance, like, pervades all of these things so,
1: but we're saying that people are gonna get so angry about it um, it's all good you know what that is it's your arrogance <laughs> gotcha
0: if you're upset about us it, saying it's American arrogance guess what that is it's American arrogance I like it. That. that's a good way to deliver it man
1: yeah alright we're, we're past our normal um, our agreed to stop time yeah. tiring, so. just a
0: little because we started a little late technically yeah.
1: But I have, to, I have training tomorrow, which is hopefully it will be short. So.
0: Yep. And I still have to edit a couple videos.
1: So. I'm definitely not editing. shit. I'm going to sleep tonight. Oh, it'll be in the morning. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you very much for being on the podcast with me again. Missed you, man, honestly. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely.
0: I'm glad. Hopefully we can get a, a routine going now that I'm you know, back on normal stuff, and
2: we'll see how things go. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward, I'm forward to it. I appreciate it. You
1: know. All right. Cool.
2: Um. Thanks, man. Peace. Talk to Bye. Um. But yeah, just before uh,
1: doing this. Uh. So my girlfriend, she had to go to jury duty, and obviously she didn't want to go because you know she's still at high risk for COVID even though even though she has a vaccine. Um. So she gets an so she goes in, and she gets an exemption, and then. Like about an hour or two, like two hours ago, she got a call that she's been exposed to COVID. So it's like, fuck. You know?
0: Yeah. They just they just released today, like, an update to DOD policy for us to all wear masks again. So everybody's like... Sorry, put my foot on something. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, everybody's like, we'll be required to have their stuff tomorrow. Today was like, obviously we understand if some of you don't have your masks with you today but not only have your masks, Yeah, uh, I had on everybody's like, you know, you don't have to until tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, but I, I had my mask here already, so why wouldn't I wear it if it's enough that we're all accepting that we should be again? Like, I don't know. Yeah.